Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring, from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, pick a loaf and Dr. Zong! Welcome to Silver. Uh, this is Jake McLarge, huge, guesting on uh, Silver and Gold. I'm with the Zom. How you doing, Zom? Uh, how am I doing? Yeah. Um, it's wonderful. I'm I'm on top of the world, looking down on creation. <laughs> Wait, mm, what are are you nude? Do you have? I, like, I have a pair of black boxer briefs on mm, and my fur. Are you are you are you as buff? As the engineers, are you looking in the Dude, mirror while you, you look know down what I there? am right now? I'm a rock star. <laughs> I'm the front man. Well, we should probably explain what the fuck's going on, don't you think? Okay. Um, where's Loaf? In Bosnia. Well, you know. Well, you know what? The Defense of Marriage Act was struck down with fury what? this week, and Loaf is gone. Well, I think what happened was is because you know it was struck down, and now in some states, gays will be it's legal for them to marry and to um, have the same benefits and everything. That that abomination <gasps> against against God mm-hmm. is affecting all marriages, and it is destroying them. It sucks because you know, like Yuri and I, we're thinking about our future. What does this mean for us? Like. It's totally devaluing what could be a holy matrimony. That is exactly right. Um, I think that basically... (sighs) I think what Obama is going for is is now Mm -hmm. they will um, make heterosexual marriage illegal (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you'll be forced to have sex and marry a man. Mm -hmm. So, you know... In concentration camps. In concentration camps. Yes. Thus, all um, the the popu- it'll population control because no one will be having children, mm. and then he'll get all the women himself, like the nurse, all the white maid, women, all the white women. <gasps> yes, exactly. See, it's see the plot. Boil. <laughs> Alex Jones. <laughs> so, so yeah, Alex. Um, he's kind of or loaf. Sorry, breaking the kayfabe there. Um, oh, I thought you about Alex Jones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. Um, Mr. Loaf, the pickle loaf, he is uh, indisposed, so he uh, put out the call, and, you know, I hopped off the JV bench, and so uh, Zom and I are going to try to fart out a little show for you guys. Insert fart mm. noise. Insert fart noise. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's what, Was that a fart noise? Well... 
usually, well, whatever. Uh, we're pros here. You got to get your uh, flatulence. I know, man. I, it, I'll just end up shitting my pants, and that doesn't like it's it's going to be Ooh. very effective in my little world. But no one's going to know. No one's going to know. <sighs> so what? Well, uh, that we, fart smelled like corn. Uh, Not on the cob. Just a can of corn. When you open that can of corn, you take a big whiff. Ooh. Yeah. That's oh, gross. Oh, lovely. Speaking of gross, uh, the two movies we're covering this week are <laughs> uh, Mud by uh, Jeff Nichols, or Mike Nichols. Jeff Nichols. I don't know if I'm, what the hell I'm saying. Uh, the 20, 2013 film with Matthew McConaughey and Reese Witherspoon. Yay! And we're also going to cover Prometheus. Uh, also known as Prometheus. Prometheus. Yeah. So, um, I think this is the part of the show where you talk about the movies you watched this week. So, I think you okay. should do that. I'm going to. I'm going to talk about the movies that I watched. Okay. Um, I do not have a big list. <sighs> now, this is the, this is the part where you say <sighs> big list. What's that? Like thirty movies. <laughs> <laughs> This is the dawn of man, the dawn of podcasting. Oh man! Okay, I've never been movie. so proud to be part of a show. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, wait a minute, you said that last time. Well, um, I watched the end of the sixth happiness. That's sixth. Hmm. Now this stars. Um, What's her face? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank already. Anyway. Is it Raquel Welch? No, no. Jane it's not Fonda? Raquel Welch. No, it's not. Mm. It's uh, Ingrid Bergman. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. And Kurt Jurgens, who plays a um, half Caucasian, half Asian, even though he's German. Uh, okay. okay. And, uh, you know, I don't. It's a good movie. Okay. Uh, Ingrid Bergman is very pretty. Yes, she is. And she decides that she she wants to she has a fascination with China, the country of China, hmm. and she wants to go and be a missionary in China. And um, there's uh, the the first part of it has a lot. To, you know, she's uh, the class system in um, England. She's told you know. You don't have any experience at this. You're a maid. You know, you have an. Ex- I can get you a job being a maid, but you can't do this. You know, blah 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 blah. Hmm. So she, against all odds, um, she takes the Orient Express, I guess, uh, to China. That's and, racist. Uh, there, yeah, I know. But you know, I don't care. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Silver <laughs> gold. <laughs> they, um, uh, there's there's some conflict going on in China at the time. Uh, some 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 conflict, and there's some conflict on the border with the Ruskies, <gasps> and so she goes over there, and she, uh, you know, gets in gets into it. So it's like the Blind Side. The Blind Side. Yeah, like she's the Sandra with, Bullock character. Face? No, 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 no. She no, doesn't no. teach China how to play football or anything. No, like you know the best part mm. about this is she's going over there to spread the word of God. Oh. <laughs> well, there you anyway, go. Okay, so let, no, we're go. not reviewing that movie. We're going to review something else. Prometheus. Uh, the next, yeah, <laughs> uh, the next <laughs> movie I watched, and okay, now my sister got me this movie for Christmas, and when I opened it up, 
I have a a, a thing about like um, I wouldn't say brutal honesty. I just don't think, especially when somebody's getting me a gift, <laughs> um, because I opened it up and I said, obviously you don't listen to my podcast. And she goes, what do you mean? And I had to tell her, um, I hate Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> she got me the movie Ted. Ah, lovely. Uh, I'm, I'm Blu-ray. Okay. So anyway, she said, well, I can take it back. You can take it back. I got to the receipt or whatever. And so I kept it anyway. But I shouldn't even have said that. I should have said, oh, thanks. You know, I really appreciate it. Blah, 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 blah. But um, so I decided to watch it the other night. Okay, I had started watching it before and mm. got about 20 minutes into it. And I thought, oh, my God, this is so fucking horrible. <laughs> so I watched it all the way through. Okay. And um, there are a few. F- it's just like Family Guy. I mean, it's just like, mm. you know, uh, bit after bit after bit. Right. Um, Mila Kunis is pretty. Um, but it's just. The only part yeah. that I really laughed out loud about was the guy from um, uh, The Soup, or that show. It was Talk Soup when they used to have a bunch oh, of. Oh, yeah, yeah. He took her, Mila Kunis, to a concert, and all mm. this shit goes down. Well, then after the concert, he was her sleazy boss. They were out in the parking lot, and he said, Well, you know, let's go get some drinks or something. She, she says, uh, you know, nah, you know, and he just persists. He wants to take her home. He wants to take her to get drinks or whatever. And finally, she, she rebuffs him and says, I'm going to get a cab. I'm leaving. And as soon as she gets, she leaves and gets in the cab, he's standing there and they just focus or put the camera right on his face. And you just hear him go, <laughs> and he cuts this huge fart and he goes, Thank God. Because, and, and it just, I have had that happen. <laughs> Where I went on a date, and you know you can't fart, especially it's like the first date or anything like that. So you have to hold it in, mm-hmm. and then as soon as the girl finally leaves, you're like, "Oh my god, thank you!" <laughs> so I laughed at that. So I got a laugh out of it. Well, I that's something. But oh, and and then the Sam Jones, um, Flash Gordon thing where he shows up mm-hmm. uh, was you know there was uh, the, just the nostalgia thing of him you know being. Uh-huh old but he still he has his hair bleached blonde and, yeah. <laughs> oh um, god speak oh no, never mind go on i'll, no, I'll talk about it later there's uh-huh. there's a new movie coming out with one of the uh the lead kid from mud uh-huh. and he's in a movie with uh it's directed by david gordon green and it's starring nicholas cage and if you go to the imdb page for it i think it's just called joe uh, you're going to see some of the most bizarre facial hair and hair on your head combination mm. I might have ever seen. Is that is is that including Nicolas Cage's attempt at wearing a hairpiece or whatever the fuck he oh, does? Oh, it's definitely a fucking hairpiece. It is. Uh, his hair is so bad. It's it's fucking weird. His beard is weird and his hairpiece is I I don't know. So yeah. So 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 Ted was great, right? Yeah. It was not great. Um Let's see. It was not like I said. I could just watch a Family Guy episode and the teddy bear thing. You know, it was kind of dumb. Mm. Um, I'm uh, you. You piqued my interest, so now it's horrifying. Like I'm sure it would be probably. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like the the blondish kind of brownish hair with the. I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't fucking get it. Because 
okay, well, well, let's just move on because I'll I'll add something later about Nicolas Cage's hair in a movie that I watched. But Sounds it's good. it's way up the list. So. Right. <laughs> I don't want to get out. Of, I don't want to get out of uh, out of what you call it. No, Whatever. no, no. This is silver and gold. Thing, well, yeah, you know. Seriously. Uh, but I watched um, a movie. Um, that was called The Avengers. Oh, yay! On Netflix mm-hmm. because um, I just wanted to. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for that justification. Now, yeah. Um. It's still good. Mm-hmm. It's it's entertaining. It's got a lot of brawling, yes. and you know I've I've recently been reading a lot of comic books, and you know I have to say a lot of these, if you if you just look at the characters as like real people, a lot of superheroes are 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 morons and assholes <laughs> mm-hmm. because you can't get say you have um, two teams. Well, say I said okay, say the X Men and the Avengers. Okay. And they all know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Marvel verse, uh, the the term "it's a small world" uh, definitely applies because it seems like everyone has met a They're million all in times. Yeah. yeah. Well, like uh, Captain America and Wolverine, um, they were uh, they oh, they were yeah. in Mandrapore before World War Two. <laughs> Right. And all you know, it's like okay, they rewrite these backstories and everything. So anyway, but these people can't get together without brawling. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> no, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, we're here to. Yeah, we don't want any trouble. Oh yeah, yeah, you don't want any trouble. And they'll just start punching and beating the shit out of each other, and <laughs> just so they can get these splash pages and and shit and mm-hmm. and say, look, we had. Um, we had uh, Wolverine against so and so, and it's like, oh god! But then five seconds later, they're like, okay, everybody, calm down. Let's talk. <laughs> it's like horror. It's like God, you guys are jerks. Yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. in Avengers, um, there's a lot of brawling. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hulk. I like when the Hulk was chasing uh, Black Widow because it was almost like a damn horror movie. <laughs> yeah, and she was laying there with her leg trapped, and then this giant fuck. Uh, what's his face? Um, Ruffalo just starts mm-hmm. like chasing her. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the the Hulk and Loki uh, always makes me laugh. Oh yeah. That would be like the fart scene in Ted, which I'll never watch Ted again. <laughs> well, wow. Well, we might give that one away on, on a contest or something. Never say never. Well, are you actually going to give it away? I might. Well, are you actually going to send it? <laughs> I always send it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, did I forget to send something? No, no. I, I think it's actually um, uh, there's that running thing with uh, Jay and Alex. Uh, fuck, I said his name again. Oh, yeah, he he. Um, let's put it this way, people, <laughs> fellow listeners, uh, <laughs> listeners of the show. If you um, win a contest or something like that, um, pray it's from me. <laughs> Um, I'm still waiting for um, the DVD of the British uh, uh, wrestling um, that I got, and it wasn't. It was, um, I think, uh, a different region, and I didn't have a region-free player at the time, so I sent it to Loaf, and he was going to format it, and that was, I think, when we first started doing the show. (laughs) And then he even found it. After he misplaced it, he found it and let me know that he found it. And <laughs> I feel like an asshole. I should have even brought it up. 
Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anyway, but uh, no, 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 no. But I, but you know, I usually, I mean, try and get stuff out. So if if you haven't gotten something, you know, let me know. I mean, yeah. you know. Um, uh, next thing I watched was an ac- uh, an Academy Award winning turn for the actress uh, who was the star, and that is Three Faces of Eve, and it was Paul Newman's wife, and I can't remember what her name is. <laughs> um, Paula Newman. Let's yeah, just go with that. This is Newman. Paula um, Newman. Yeah. Let's just go with that. It's Joanne Woodward. Okay. okay. And she's really, I, I shouldn't have forgot because I really like her and just about everything that she's in. And Lee J. Cobb is in it, and he's one of my favorites too. Um, this is, the, like I said, she won the Academy Award for it. It's it's uh, based on a true story. And this it's a woman. Um, she's married, and she has multiple personalities. <laughs> and um, uh, Lee J. Cobb is a shrink, and um, it's kind of one of those deals. But it's a uh, you know it's it's it was made in 1957 so it has its limitations as far as uh, the thing some of the things that they can do, mm. uh, but still it's a good movie. The acting is really good and I liked it. All right. Uh, next thing I watched and this was um, inspired by the feminine critique. Mm. Uh, I watched Scott Pilgrim versus the World. <gasps> You didn't like Scott Pilgrim? Oh God! Don't even get me fucking started. You know, this should have been a Scott Pilgrim Prometheus show, and you would have had my fucking head explode. <laughs> if I'd have known that, I would have done. Jesus it. Christ! <laughs> so anyway, um, I watched Scott Pilgrim. I'm uh, one of these people that I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's funny, and I think that Emily. I I, I will say this. Maybe it's. It was done so well that it does elicit uh, emotional responses because mm. I have, it, it's a very divisive film. Mm-hmm. But listening to the feminine critique, um, I found that one of the hosts um, seemed to bring a lot of personal stuff to mm-hmm. the film, mm-hmm. <laughs> which clearly clouded you know uh, mm. and probably you too then <laughs> so anyway you know the whole thing about uh, you know Scott's a fucking jerk why would anybody like him he's such a jerk and he ended up with Ramona and that's bullshit because he should have ended up with knives and blah 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 blah, blah. he should have ended up with me it's like yeah <laughs> it's like god damn give me a break I fucking know people exactly like and I know situations exactly like that where people do that yes maybe shoulda coulda woulda but that's it's a fucking movie and I thought it was fucking funny and I will say this I think that he should have ended up with Ramona because Knives was a fucking minor and (laughs) uh, she was clearly (laughs) immature as hell stupid as shit and she was too young for him Mm mm-hmm yeah way too young fucking hot well, and that she was the only thing she had to offer. Huh? That was the only thing she had to offer, though. Who cares? Well, <laughs> for someone who <laughs> wants friend, to... go get okay. a guy. Okay, let, let me say this and let it be written, let it be, written, let it be done. Um, my feelings on Scott Pilgrim, uh, it's not... <laughs> here's the thing, it's not funny. Um, if... If it was funny, I probably would have liked it a lot more, but because it's not funny, everything else... That I find irritating is just magnified to the nth degree. Funny? 
No, I just didn't think it was that funny. Oh my god, I thought it was funny. That's well, one of the. Th- I mean, I really thought it was funny. But then, you know, it's, but, it's subjective. hey, it's subjective. Yeah, exactly. And so, when you're not finding a movie like that funny, you're just being assaulted with all this visual stuff. Snarky. I just thought it was dumb. I just thought it was really dumb. And I'm not like a big gamer either, but I, I like. I mean, well, I like yeah. That. I, you don't even have to give a shit about the aesthetics of it, really. But like. I, I, I didn't think it was funny, and so I'm left with this character that is obviously a douchebag, and they don't try to paint him as anything other than that, but they try to paint him as a lovable one. I don't think he's lovable, I just think he's a shithead. And then the whole movie is just him trying to get with this girl, which I don't care about, because I don't like her, and I don't like him. And then at See, the end... You're doing the, Oh my god, you're doing the Emily thing so bad. Well, here's the thing, though. If it's not funny, then what am I supposed to get out of the movie? I'm no, but just the left only with reason you don't think suck. it's funny is because you're personally relating to nah. those people, and you're saying he's a jerk. Oh God, he's such a jerk. He's such an asshole. I, I don't nah. even like her. She was a jerk. I wouldn't have wanted to go. She's a fucking cunt. <laughs> yeah, because I can compartmentalize because the yeah, movie well, isn't obviously not well, the... obviously not because well, the movie was good. Okay, well, obviously we need to move on. <laughs> oh my God. We're not reviewing Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> Save your fury for Prometheus. <laughs> no, but anyway, I okay. like Scott. I bought it. Well, I watched cool. it several times. I bought it on blue too, and it looks good. You're stupid. Uh, <laughs> hear that, Christine? Make peace. You're stupid. Oh no, She's no. Rated it like a nine point five. <laughs> she is ninety pounds of pure terror. I would never antagonize Christine. Okay, next movie I watched starred Hoo-ha, Al Pacino. <laughs> and this was back when he was young and uh, cared. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, Bobby Deerfield. Hmm. Uh, it's a race car movie. It seemed like back in the day, um, everybody had their race car movie. Uh, uh, Steve McQueen had a race car movie. James Garner had a race car. Of course, uh, fucking what's-his-face... Um, and, there, and these these movie stars would get into racing, mm-hmm. like Tom Cruise. You know, he made that stupid race car movie. And uh, <laughs> but this was directed by Sidney Pollock, and he's uh, you know Sidney Pollock's fucking yeah, he brings it. Yeah. Um, as GGTMC always reminds us, though, he's a better actor than he is a director. I don't know if I agree with that, mm-hmm. um, but he is a good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, this was all right. Yeah. Um, he, he talk, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do exactly what I just accused you of doing. I <laughs> thought Bobby Deerfield was a jerk. Mm-hmm. He was uh, a narcissist, and I just didn't like him. So mm-hmm. I hated the movie because he's a jerk, and I wouldn't want to be his friend. Did you really hate the movie because of that? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next thing I watched was Maniac Cop Part Two. Wow. Um, now, I have never seen this. I saw Maniac Cup for the first time probably maybe like last year or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, someone told me that, you know, dude, you got to see Maniac Cop too. That's what I mean. That is <laughs> what they said. And uh, they said it was better than Maniac Cop 1. Now, I'm not sure if it's better, um, but it's fucking good. Okay. It's got some crazy ass shit in it. Um, I think the reason that I liked the first one more was because, first of all, Bruce Campbell is the star, and he's in the whole movie. And, like, William Smith and Tom Adkins. It, it, I, I like the cast. Uh, well, I shouldn't even say I like the cast better because Maniac Cop 2 has a really good cast, too, of um, B-movie dudes and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has some kills in it that are 
completely unexpected, which I was like, holy shit! <laughs> um, Zadar is... I'm pretty sure it was Zadar. Because, uh, <laughs> you know... Uh, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. Does anybody else look like him? Was it Ingrid um, Bergman? It was not Ingrid Bergman, no. but let me tell you, she's so good-looking. Yes, she but was. But you know what? Um, that's one of those deals where I find her... She has this classic beauty and everything, but then when I read her backstory, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm like, God, you know, she like left her kids mm-hmm. to go marry fucking uh, what's his Rossellini, mm-hmm. who is Isabel's dad. Roberto. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a shit thing to do. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. But Maniac Cop Two, I really liked it. I haven't seen three, and I was curious. This is really strange because I rented this on uh, iTunes, and. Um, they have Maniac Cop 2 and 3 mm-hmm. for rent, but they don't have Maniac Cop 1. Er. So I thought that was weird. I wonder if there's a right... You know, I don't know. But yeah, maybe. Next thing I watched was The Amazing Story of The Who, mm. uh, which is a very good documentary. I have it on... I bought it because mm. I love The Who. They're my favorite group. Uh, very good stuff. Um, yeah, if you like uh, The Who... <laughs> my mother was at the uh the concert where they had the big stampede and oh uh, yeah was it one or just a couple people died i can't uh, 11 11 jesus christ they, they the way they had it set up was uh they only had one set of doors open, right yeah and it was festival seating so everybody wanted to get up close so when they opened the doors everybody rushed in well right when you go in the doors there there's like a a, a little landing and then steps mm-hmm. so as soon as they rushed in and their people were being pushed from behind. They got pushed and fell down the steps. And then, of course, the other people, you know, ran over top of them. Trampled. It was and the, and the band didn't even know it until the concert was over. <laughs> right. So and, and they, they that really uh, that it really affected them. They said that mm-hmm. it was just you know just awful. Yeah. And even their manager was like, you know, I felt so sorry for these parents. You know, they they send their kids away to go to a, a concert, mm-hmm. and their kids don't come back you know they're dead yeah. so. rock and so, roll. it was really yeah rock and roll um <laughs> next thing i watched was natasha henstridge in species yeah now i will say this when this movie first came out was um it was i think before a lot of us had vhs or uh, I just remember a time where going to the mall was a big thing. Going and hanging out at the mall and then mm. going to the movies. So we would go see just about anything. And we didn't know who Natasha Henstridge even was. But after this movie, we did. <laughs> because she is fucking... Oh my god. Mm. She was hot. But now this had a pretty good cast. Um, I um, Forrest Whitaker was still fat in this and he was young. So I like <laughs> I like his fat look. I've made that clear on the shows. I don't like now that he's skinny because I think he, he just looks weird. Yeah, he does. Uh, but uh, Michael Madsen was in it, and I don't know. It's like, yeah, we better go down there and get her out of there. <laughs> that was yeah. before he gave up even more. Yeah, I mean, he was always... This was like, yeah. I think, after Mr. Blonde. And, mm-hmm. and he just kind of uh, is just Mr. Cool Late, you know, cool guy. And, you know, like uh, the monster would be maybe like eating his child or something. He'd be like, hey, monster, better, uh, why don't you knock it off over there? You know, it just, uh, <laughs> mother freaker. Yeah, mother freaker. Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Sexy Beast is in it, and he's always good. Oh, yeah. 
And I'm not talking about uh, Fat Sexy Beast. I'm talking about Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Um, now the next thing I watched, we are going to we're going to bring this conversation back around to something that you were talking about, mm-hmm. and that is Nicolas Cage. <gasps> um, I watched Leaving Las Vegas on oh, yeah. Netflix Instant. Okay, now I'm not sure if this. Okay, what was the one about the uh, the the uh, Spike Jones about the uh, adaptation? Adaptation. Okay. Adaptation and leaving Las Vegas might be the last time that you saw Nicolas Cage's <laughs> real hair. Uh-huh. Because it, in in leaving Las Vegas, his hair is very thin on top. He has a comb over, and his hair is kind of kinky. Hmm. Uh, like in not as bad as Adaptation, where it was really it was kind of oh he was so gross in that. <laughs> yeah. But um, okay, now leaving Las Vegas, um, he won an Academy Award for this role. Mm-hmm. Um, do you agree? I'm not sure. Yeah. Because um, I'm not sure what he went up against that year, but mm-hmm. I remember watching this the first time, the first time I saw it, and he won the Oscar. And I was like, okay, he got an Oscar for this because he's basically just like, you can't ever <laughs> tell me not to drink. And then he would just get drunk act crazy which Nicolas Cage always gets drunk and acts crazy mm-hmm. um, but he did a good job I mean I think mm-hmm. it's a good movie I think Elizabeth Shue is so hot in this that like it, it just is unbelievable and uh, to the ex- when I say unbelievable okay first of all I, I <laughs> find her very attractive so I'm like holy cow she's really good looking but second of all if prostitutes... Well, no, well, I'm telling you what, though. I saw some prostitutes in Las Vegas, and they were fucking very hot. Because mm. uh, I was just going to... I was, I was going to compare her to prostitutes around here. <laughs> 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 and they're not very good looking. Um, so... Uh, but uh, it's alright. You know, it's, it's a good movie. I... I, 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 I uh, I'm doing my thing. best to scroll down to the 90s in Wikipedia so I can figure out what he was up against. Yeah, I, I know that. Uh, I think uh, that that one bold. Hmm. Remember the bold one that's like real religious. Uh, yes, kind of goofy looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He said that they were sitting at a table, an Oscar after party thing. Mm-hmm. And Nicolas Cage just walked over with his statue and slammed it down on the table and goes, "What do you think of that?" or something like that. <laughs> Boom! And because he does, they don't like each other apparently. Ah, lovely. Well, he gets uh, that or something. Yeah. He, he was up against Richard Dreyfus from Mr. Holland's Opus, Anthony Hopkins, Nixon, Sean Penn, Dead Man Walking, and Massimo Choisi for Il Postino. Huh. I thought Sean Penn was really good that year. I, Nixon, yeah. I did not like that. I thought that uh, Anthony Hopkins was not good in that. And um, yeah. what was the other one? Uh, da, 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 Mr. Holland's Opus, Richard Dreyfus. But yeah. he pushed Emily or bumped into her. So fuck yeah, him. fuck him. Uh, and the other one, I don't even know who that is. Uh, so probably, I guess maybe he should have. <laughs> good no, job, I, Nicholas. I remember Dead Man Walking, and I remember Sean Penn was really good in that. So. Yeah. And um, okay, so next thing I watched uh, was inspired by the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema's roundtable discussion of De Django Unchained. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I watched Django Unchained last night, um, and 
Uh, I will say this. The first time I saw it, um, I was, I, I guess, underwhelmed. Yeah. I, I liked Christoph Waltz's everything that he did. I liked Leonardo DiCaprio, but I thought that it was it sh- it should have been edited. Uh, I did feel the length of it. I remember looking at my watch, going, "Why the fuck?" You know, it just <laughs> kept going on and on and on. They would have a a, a point where they could have had a conclusion, mm-hmm. and then they would just go to another point where they could have had a conclusion, which they covered all that on Gentleman's Guide, and they were spot yeah. on. Mm-hmm. But and I did not like the bag thing, the joke thing. I thought that was thrown in. Uh, <laughs> at the, that really threw, uh, like, it was going along really perfectly. And then that was in there. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> what, well, you know, and, and the, the, the fat guy that's in those movies that, that, that was thrown in there in the, the Ku Klux Klan kind of scene. Mm-hmm. You know, that fat guy. Yeah, Jonah Hill. Yeah, Jonah Hill. He had no business even being in that fucking movie at no, all. No. Uh, so that, the, this is the first time I saw it. Okay. Uh, and then the ending thing, I thought that they should have ended it with when Christoph Waltz did his thing, <laughs> and then it sh- and then Jamie Fox should have done his thing, and then that should have been the end. Agreed. Unless you add on what I thought my ending would have been to make it better. Oh. Okay. My ending would have been if I was going to make a spaghetti western after they went through all this shit, there would have been a bounty on they would have cut from the okay Christoph Waltz does the I'm sorry I had to do this ping ping and gets what's his face candy yes okay now uh, one thing that I thought was kind of dumb in it was okay he had a derringer which has two shots he shot Leonardo DiCaprio Mm -hmm. then he turns around and takes the time to look at uh, Django (laughs) and say I you know I I'm sorry I just couldn't help myself or whatever. Instead of doing that, why didn't he shoot James Remar? Well, you know what? Because uh, Christoph Waltz's character he's he's a dramatic person, you know, and he he likes to do things very but he wasn't a stupid person. Well, if that was stupid. He he lived like he died like he lived, you know, being very theatrical. All right, all right. I'm I'm just I'm just fucking around. Now somebody it's, it's said stupid. on Gentleman's Guide that. Um, Django, uh, 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 a lot of us ag- liked Jamie Foxx's kind of bushy, uh, unkempt uh, afro at the beginning, uh-huh. and which he would have kept it throughout the thing. And somebody said, well, he couldn't because he had needed to wear a hat, and the hat wouldn't have fit down over there. Well, he, w- he takes uh, Remar's hat at the beginning and wears it for like 20 minutes. <laughs> so that, that's, that's not really true but i did recognize and i i when i was watching this that um his his first not the blue boy outfit but the outfit he had after that was the michael landon little joe outfit from bonanza it's hmm. i mean it's exactly the same oh, wow okay. okay but my ending would have been um christoph waltz shoots what's his face then uh-huh. he shoots remar who was butch whatever his name was yeah whatever and then they sh- they shoot out whatever and get out of there Mm -hmm. then it kind of leaps forward and you have the uh henry fonda terrence Mm. hill thing from my name is nobody Mm -hmm. where christoph waltz there's a bounty out on Django, Mm. and he's collecting it and they have the face off and it's really emotional Mm. because one 
you know, the, the whatever, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, this, if he's, if, if what's his name's going to steal shit, he should have stole that. Hmm. Um, so yeah, anyway, I don't yeah. give a fuck. And it should have had more sex in it. Because if you watch Mandingo with uh, Ken Norton and and that, that movie, mm-hmm. um, I think it should have had some more interracial sex in it. Well, I I would be very interested in just seeing what a uh, what a Quentin Tarantino. Well, we kind of already see what a sex scene looks like with him with all this yeah, foot loving, sucking somebody's toes. Yeah. And I will disagree with uh, Christine. Christine said that she thought that DiCaprio's character of Candy mm-hmm. was a homosexual character. I, I don't didn't see so. that. I didn't see I that. Either. I think that he and this this goes to the Mandingo or not the the Mandingo movie with the interracial relationship thing. Mm-hmm. There was one African American actress that was in Candy's like group in the big house mm-hmm. that was always there and she dressed like in a gown instead of like a servant and he told the one servants to leave and he told her to stay in this one scene and she goes i know you weren't talking about me and i think that they had hmm. a relationship well, i me- think that was his his uh mistress or whatever i don't i did not see at all and this this is funny because for me i said in the movie shame i thought there were uh incestuous undertones hmm. between fastbender and Carrie uh, Mulligan, mm-hmm. and I and I even preface that by saying I don't think that they had sex, but I think that she pushed his buttons, and he was a sex addict, and that's why it would just make him so mad because she was pushing his buttons. So I think there was a they they had bonded through some kind of um, trauma or mm-hmm. growing up in a shitty thing relationship. But in Django, the same people that said no, 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 there was no incestuous relationship or undertones in shame said that there was incestuous uh there was incestuous shit going on between candy and his sister well those people just need to get their act together i didn't see that at all i thought that he just adored and worshipped his sister or whatever but i didn't see anything like that so anyway those people can go fuck themselves because i'm right and they're (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the last thing I watched as we draw out what have I been watching 5,000 I took 10 movies and turned it into an hour segment I, I watched a Marlon Brando movie I'm a huge Marlon Brando fan mm. and this is one of the ones that I have never seen and um, I in some ways want to say you know I wish I would have seen it because I really liked it before but I'm glad that I hadn't because I like Marlon Brando and instead of watching all his movies that I've seen over and over I got to see something new he was very young in this. I think this was one of his first movies, if not his first movie, and it's called The Men. Hmm. And it's about a bathhouse in Fire Island. And uh, Marlon Brando goes there, and he's a young guy, and he is very naive. And he thinks, man, I want to go take a bath. And so he goes <laughs> to this bathhouse, and but it's not that's not what goes on in a bathhouse. Mm-mm. And they had glory holes, and they had videos, <gasps> and cum rags, <laughs> and um, no, that wasn't that was the, no, that was a ten minute ten minute uh, video clip that I watched. Oh yeah, the men is a very good movie. Um, the story of the of the men is um, it's a and I'm it's it's um, how is Rocco Sofredi in it? Seven. 
he had a big dick. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, the the concept of this movie for its time was like really. I thought it was really good. It's about guys that uh, come back from the war and uh, are paraplegic, and so they're in a hospital ward, uh, and uh, you know they're all in wheelchairs, um, and some of them when you when it starts out have you know come uh, you know it's very a matter of fact the doctor tells them you know okay um you need to get out of your head that you're gonna get better Mm -hmm. your legs are never coming back uh this the injury is to the to the extent that we there's no way we can fix it there you know and but these guys always have hope you know and they'll have false pain they'll have like uh tremors and stuff like that or they'll be like you know uh, I think I think my legs are coming, and they're and you know they're like no, you know you need to just forget that and move on, and just and mm-hmm. it dealt with a lot of personal things about you know people getting married and uh, or they were married before they were paralyzed. It was a very good movie. I liked uh, I like Marlon Brando. So there, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> that was a very controversial stance at the end there. Uh, <laughs> and, I'm, I'm and, taken and, aback. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's Don't see here me round eye. Right. uh let's see here what if i i've been i've been watching a fair amount for well i mean i i'm, I'm talking about stuff over the past two weeks so you know Were me watching movies actually there's only one only one asian film uh at work i've been watching public broadcasting service documentaries Okay. Uh, I watched an American Experience three-hour and fifty-four-minute documentary, not on the same day at work, uh, called The Clintons, and it was just about the Clinton presidency and the lead-up to the presidency. Oh fuck! I thought it was going to be like a reality show. About oh George. god! If only, if only <laughs> the funkadelic. Yeah, or if they did one on Bill Clinton, but they played like Atomic Dog and a bunch of george clinton music <laughs> that would be awesome Go yeah um, and by the way you'll get cut off a lot while you're saying this stuff well it's, that's to be it's my way well you know i i know you personally that's that just yeah. comes with the territory <laughs> i don't have anything of value to say anyways but uh yeah i watched the clones and it was very very good very interesting because you know i was you know uh like you know 10 years old to like I don't know, 16 years old or something like that during the presidency. So I wasn't quite, uh, I didn't quite fully grasp what was going on most of the time. But uh, it was very interesting, especially in the early years when he ran into a bunch of problems and then Newt Gingrich fucked up his shit. And then, yeah. you know, how like white water kept <laughs> bothering them for years. And, you know, the old standby of him not being able to keep his dick in his pants kind of fucked him over in the end. Hey, Newt ride was it in the back of the plane or the front of the plane? I think he made him, depending on where the cool kids sat, he would made him ride in the other section. <laughs> and then Newt said, "You fucker, I'm going to shut down the government." <laughs> right, exactly. Making me r- fucking uh, ride on the something part of the plane. Yeah. Maybe he made him ride over the wing, <laughs> and he didn't get a window seat. No, or, no. or an aisle seat. No. He didn't get anything he wanted. Well, whatever. That guy was an asshole. Well, he still is. He still. He's is. still an. You know what though? He makes a lot of money. Oh god! On those stupid well, books. Well, you know, people people like to read. I don't know where I was going with that. Do you like to read? No, I hate reading. It takes up so much time, and it's stupid. It's That's fundamental. Why I do it. Well, it used to be, not anymore. So fuck reading. Fuck fuck people who read. While while I'm on it. 
Uh, anyways, I watched. Have you ever um, fucked somebody who reads? <laughs> not that I'm aware of. I'm pretty sure know. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched the uh, Frontline documentary, kind of on the same tip as the Clintons. I watched the documentary, two, a good two-hour one, I believe, just on Obama's first four years, which was a whole lot of fucking nothing that got accomplished um but that's a different conversation for a different time um <laughs> i watched a, another documentary jesus christ i've watched like five of them this past couple weeks check out the big brain on jay yeah fuck He's a smart motherfucker. i watched waiting for lightning which has been banding about in the community for some time it's another skateboarding documentary and it's about danny way and getting a giant ass ramp built over by the great wall of china so he can do this big ass jump is he um, no no he's just a dude um and a lot of people really seem to like it i thought it was okay um oh there was the the thing about the documentary and you know i, I know who danny way is i'm familiar with him but the way that they were talking about him make him made him seem like he's this looming giant in the skateboarding world he never was i I just thought he was a really good skater you know and then he kind of came up with the big ramp kind of uh quote-unquote movement you know and like he's more like a like a kind of an evil knievel type character vert um not, not not even just vert just you know like how big of a ramp like uh like uh like hundreds of feet uh, like were you a, a skateboarder? Huge. No, but I like I like I liked watching skateboarding. I watched a lot of X Games shit when I was younger. I tried skateboarding, but I don't have the uh, aptitude or the patience. The only thing that the only thing that got me into that was the um, the documentary about Gator Rogowski. Oh yeah, yeah. And because I mean, you know, I always heard all this the Tony Hawk stuff. But when I when when we were skateboarding, it was uh, the cut the the uh, deck out of a piece of plywood and take your roller skate, your metal <laughs> roller skates and put them on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was our skateboards, you know? And then uh, I remember when the really cool ones came out, you know, with the, with the cool wheels and everything. And I mean, I, I could do it a little bit, but I wasn't like, uh, you know, I wasn't like Gator. I didn't rape anybody and bash their head in with <laughs> the club from my car. Well, the night is still young. What a jerk. Uh, you know, um, so yeah, I thought it was okay. I, I I thought it picked up at the end, but it just wasn't. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't hit me. Some people are didn't light your fire. No, nah, no. Nah, people saw a different movie than me. I guess you know. Yeah. They they, well, they saw it, something it, that was I didn't it what, see. Was it like uh, Scott Pilgrim, where like he <laughs> you didn't you didn't like him because he didn't go out with someone or something like that, or well, you should have ended up with Emily. Well, you know, I'm a college boy and. <laughs> College, yeah, you know, those scummy skaters—they kind of skeeve me out, man. College puke. <laughs> uh, I, the Asian film, the sole Asian film. Yeah, I, this week. I love Asian films. They're the best. <laughs> no, you, you know, don't. I, I really—if I have my choice—I <laughs> I mean, I find them to be—I don't know. Stop it! I don't know if I want to say superior. Stop it! So, I watched *Lesson of the Evil*. Which is a recent Takashi Miike film. Uh, he of 13 Assassins and Harakiri remake fame, as well as Ichi the Killer and Audition. This is his most recent film. And it's about a teacher in a, a high school in Japan who is insane and kills a lot of teenagers. 
in it. It is a very interesting film. It is a very dark film, especially since he's kind of gone on a more mainstream bend these past couple years. This is definitely a sort of return to form, in a way, to his um, direct-to-video days when he would just make a lot of weird transgressive shit. This movie, it, 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 it has his polish, it has what he's kind of uh, gathered as a storyteller over the past couple of years, but it is fucking weird. It is a total mind fuck of a movie, and I don't know what to feel about it. I don't know if I really like it, or if I thought it was just, its head was so far up its ass. <laughs> this movie's head was up its ass. Yeah. Because it, it it's hard to... Um, personal words because i'm not an intelligent person um but yeah it's definitely a very very interesting film wait was i supposed to jump in there and say yes you are no no you're supposed to um say no jacob i thought i missed my cue no mr mclarchuch you are an intelligent human being and people like you but i'm on silver and gold so, why lie? Let's well, tell the truth. Well, you know. Uh, so it, it's definitely a very, very interesting film. Uh, very stylized. Very, very fun. His The actor that he got to play the main part is probably the most interesting he, lead he's had in a long, long time. He looks like a soap actor. Or a soap actor. A soak, soap actor? A soap opera actor. You aren't intelligent. <laughs> really funny. And nobody stupid. likes you. No. Um, I should just yes. move on. I'm getting depressed. Uh, so you... <laughs> you should start a group. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, Listen of the Evil, definitely check it out if you're a fan of Mike's earlier work. Tread carefully <laughs> if, um, if, if you're only familiar with his more modern stuff. But it's definitely uh, a compelling little bit of cinema. Uh, last documentary of the week that I watched uh, was Indie Game the Movie. And this is a documentary following three separate uh, independent video game developers and their trials and tribulations. It mainly focuses on two of them. Um, and it's very interesting watching it because in hindsight, you know, this movie kind of um, plays them up as these tortured artists and how they're really sacrificing everything for their fame and everything. We but... were just talking about tortured artists before we started the show. <laughs> yeah, what do you know? I'll bring that up, though. No, definitely do not. Um, and, uh, like, and these are games that ended up becoming huge mega hits. So mm-hmm. it kind of paints it as an underdog story, but it's it doesn't feel like one because one of the games is really pushed by Microsoft. The other one was like a critical darling, like way ahead of time. And they've got all sorts of venture capital put into it. Oh yeah. But, um, it, it was very, very interesting when they were trying to paint them as these, you know, tortured demigods to be exalted. And like, they did a lot of like goofy kind of camera shit. Like one guy who's at this hotel and he isn't sure if he's going to be able to show his game tomorrow. They like, show him in the hotel pool and then just like sitting floating underwater like he's in a fucking Wes Anderson movie it was just stupid you don't like Wes Anderson? no I like it but I don't like him in my documentaries when they're painting this fucking goofy French Canadian like he's some kind of like you don't like French Canadians? oh I hate him I hate him so much well um, never mind so Indie Game the movie it's pretty good I just didn't like some of the uh, angles they took with it Uh, Very slickly made, though. Very good looking. Uh, Next film is a movie that you will love. It's called The ABCs of Death. 
And it is a uh, anthology film of 26 horror films uh, that you would absolutely love. And I mean that in the most sincere way possible. Um, this movie was dog shit. That didn't even sound sincere. No, no, I'm not an I don't, I'm not a very sincere person. This movie was fucking awful though. That's sincere. Um, Wait a minute. It, it seems like, the, like the, the 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 thing about it was the producers basically sent out five grand to these twenty six different filmmakers. And these are really good filmmakers, too. A lot of them are established names in the horror community. And a lot of them either seemed like they got the money and they just decided to fuck around and just, like, throw some garbage up on the screen. And some people, it made it seem like they just took the 5K and ran. <laughs> they just got out of Dodge. The The worst offender is probably Ty West, because his little feature, or his little, like, two, three-minute film was so bereft of anything creative or interesting other than he had a girl who looked like she belonged in sock hop or something um sock hop yeah for you young kids that's a dance <laughs> yeah there were there were like maybe two or three films throughout the thing that you know felt like they belonged or were worthwhile watching but when you're talking about a two hour and ten minute horror film with like 26 different stories um it it was just a, a failed concept. Yeah. And it was not good. But you would love it. I Why know would you. I love it? Why do you keep saying that? It sucks. Because you love horror films. I hate horror films. I don't hate horror films. Well, um... I mean, if, uh, I, uh, uh, yeah, you hate them. You hate them. You hate them. Some people love... I mean, God, I mean, look how many horror podcasts there are. Well, it's it's an interesting world. It, it's kind of um, you know obviously because because and of then the people hounds. watch so many of them that they get to the point where they aren't even scared by any of them. No, no, but it so becomes like it's a, like well, then what the fuck? And you know, well, it's like a shared language. You know, they, they, they kind of like gravitate towards things like you know you read the tales from the crypt comics and stuff like that, and those aren't particularly scary, but they kind of have that horror je ne sais quoi about them and that's what I people thought you said you didn't like french people well i'm gonna take their words okay because that's what i do um and the last film that i sort of watched was uh kill uh, what, em all what sort of watched mean i watched like 45 minutes of it i okay. haven't finished it yet okay um it's a cheapo direct-to-video action film that's up on netflix instant it's got johnny mesner in it um, and some other random Asians, and they kind of get put into this room. They're supposed to fight to the death, and the lead chicken it has a flat tummy, and they like to show it a lot. Mm. And um, yeah, so far it's kind of stupid, but it's only like an hour and twenty minutes, so I'll probably end up finishing it. And uh, yeah, that's all I watched this week. Flat tummy. Yep, yep. Very flat, very tone. Um, so yeah, what do you want to cover first? What do you want to review first? Let's review. Mud! Mud! Alright. So uh, we're going to cut to break. Uh, Loaf is going to do his magical post-production nonsense, and we're going to talk about some mud. Mud. Alright. Hey, this is Scott of Married with Clickers. Tune in to hear my wife Kat and me discuss all sorts of movies. We'll cover everything from The Lost Weekend to Weekend at Bernie's. From The Big Sleep to Big Mama's House. Well, maybe not Big Mama's House. 
And the great thing about Kat is that she's not afraid to speak her mind. And would you be surprised to hear he was nominated for Best Actor that year? For that film? For that film. (laughs) (laughs) But don't take my word for it. Just listen to what the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema has to say about our show. It's a husband and wife show, and they discuss movies and stuff. Yeah, a very wife-husband show. High praise indeed. So come find us at marriedwithclickers.libsyn.com. It will save your life. Or maybe just help you kill an hour. known as Mood in uh, Germany. I just made that shit up, I'm sorry. El Mud El Grande <laughs> Revolution. <laughs> uh, this came out this year, 2013, the year of our Lord. Um, it's got Matthew McConaughey. It's got Reese Witherspoon. It's directed by what? Jeff Nichols. And um, it's also got a Should we say who the... Um, a surprise, I guess you could say. No, not yet. Okay, okay, we'll save it. Uh, Sam Shepard's in it, though, right? That's I that guy's name. Yeah, yeah. I'm terrible with actor names. Um, so yeah, he was who they based the fu- the movie The Fugitive upon. Really, Doctor Sam Shepard. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah. Um, so give us. Killed a... his wife and then became a professional wrestler when he got out of prison. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, give... a doctor. Oh, okay. Well, shit. Go ahead and give us a synopsis, then. I will! Alright. Two teenage boys encounter a fugitive and form a pact to help him evade the bounty hunters on his trail and to reunite him with his true love. Well, Jesus Christ, they just basically told the whole fucking movie. Well, I mean, that, well, that gets I think I would have said something on. like, uh, you know, um, two teenage boys make a discovery that will change their lives forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh god! No, and the interesting thing is, like that trailer for this movie, it made it seem like a like a crime film. Like, yeah, the trailer for this made it seem like really foreboding and uh, really mysterious. But like, and I think that's why when we went to watch it, mm-hmm. I was expecting like something really bad to happen. I mean, you know, yeah. like something somebody to not be what they seem. Mm-hmm. But no, this is a this is like a coming of age story. This is about the boys. It's not even really about mud that much. Mud. Played by Matthew McConaughey. You can call me mud. Uh, so yeah, we've got these uh, <laughs> two 13, 14 year old boys somewhere around there. They're in the Arkansas Delta. Um, and our main character Ellis, he's living with his father. Who oh, fuck? I can't remember the actor's name, but he played the uh, insane. Uh, preacher in Deadwood. 
Yes. Um, is that Ray McKinnon? I think so. I think so. Uh, Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry. God, that sounded painful. <laughs> I just drank a big gulp of water. So, yeah, he's living with his crazy old father, and they're on a houseboat, and when he's not helping deliver fish to the people around town, uh, he's with this buddy named Neckbone. <laughs> yeah. Who's wearing a Fugazi shirt, which made me question when this movie <laughs> took place. Because I don't know what, like, a, like a little ratty kid from arkansas is wearing a fugazi shirt nowadays but maybe they, he got it the goodwill well you know what there wasn't there was very little modern stuff other than the cars like those big ass trucks yeah so i don't know whatever so they go out to this little island they see a boat up in the trees and they're like i want that boat and then Mud's and they're like no it's my boat but you got to give me food because i'm hungry and uh that's pretty much the film um, I give it a, a six out of ten. <laughs> now, uh, yes. yeah. uh, that's my boat. That's my boat. This boat was up in the trees, dude. <laughs> they found some penthouse <laughs> magazines, which they thought was awesome. Penthouse. Yeah, I used to like penthouse. My dad would—he was a truck driver, so he always had like at least one uh, dirty book in Ooh. his dresser, uh, and. Um, Playboy was okay, but Penthouse was hot. And then Hustler was even a little too strong even then. You know? Mm-hmm. Hustler looked like just like girls that you would might see uh, anywhere. In the Arkansas Delta. In the Arkansas Delta. Yeah. This movie has Reese Witherspoon in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. No, but she's she's not Reese Witherspooning it up, and she's yeah. not trying to do too much. It doesn't yeah. feel like Reese Witherspoon actress. Yeah, and, and 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 when I was watching this, when I saw she was in it, and it, you know, I was like, oh god. But then <laughs> she she plays white trash pretty good because mm-hmm. I think at one time she probably was. Uh. And Matthew McConaughey does a really good job of. Is it considered method acting when you have a cap removed from your teeth? <laughs> I guess look I- even more. I guess it by really today's did, standards it is. It, it really did, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though he's a dirty pothead, mm-hmm. and he even says, and when I say that, I don't mean it in a bad way. You talk about you talk about I loaf mean, again, motherfucker. He admits that he does not like bathe or wear <laughs> deodorant and shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, but he's you know got that chiseled Greek god kind of figure. They always make fun of him, always taking a shirt off and everything. <laughs> and he's a really handsome guy. But him just removing that cap on his one front tooth, mm-hmm. it really, I mean, it was amazing how much more rednecky he looked. Yeah. yeah. His hair is all stringy and wet and curly. and Yeah, he just looked filthy. Yeah, he was filthy. Oh, he was fucking gross. And you too, for the ladies, you do get to see him and I knew this was coming, but for the better part of the movie, it, it's not there, but he does take his shirt off. Well, it is, it's kind of funny because he, like, a lot of, you know, he talks about you know, two things protecting him out in this island. It's his gun and his shirt. And so, you know, he holds on to that shirt for so long, but eventually he's got he's to gotta take it off. Well, one thing I liked about this movie um, was that Mud is... It, it, he kind of uh, you're you're seeing him through the eyes of these kids, mm-hmm. and he's telling these stories, and some of you know like kind of bullshit stories that an older guy would say to young kids to kind of like you know, and 
instead of these kids being like wide-eyed like oh my god you know they are to an extent about some of the stuff mm-hmm. but there's times where mud will be saying stuff and they'll just look at each other and be like you know well whatever yeah. like you know give they don't do it but i'm surprised they didn't give the blow job thing you know like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's bullshitting us so right. that was cool but um this movie is is after i read this i I'm kind of like, you know, okay, yeah, I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a, and I guess Jeff Nichols kind of did it this way or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, sort of like a takeoff on Tom Sawyer and um, mm. Huck Finn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can totally see that. You know, so. Yeah. It, it's, it's, he's, he's definitely, because, you know, he's kind of the character that sets everything into motion. You know, he's not the main character, but he's the focal point. And, like, if this were a crime movie, he'd probably be the buffoon. He'd probably be the the idiot of the group, but because you know he's with these younger kids and they're definitely intrigued by him, you know they befriend him, and they just kind of go along with everything he has to say. And he's definitely a, a an interesting character. He's not like a he doesn't feel like a dark character or anything like that. He's just this dude on an island who wants some uh, pork and beans, just mud. Oh, yeah. and, and and no utensils. Yeah. Just scarf them down with their dirty fingers, yeah. or or open the can and just drink the beans. Oh god! Oh, drink the bean juice. Yeah, there's a great line where he's like, "Oh, this is delicious," and one of the kids is like, "You've been out here way too long." Well, the one time the, 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 he said, uh, "It's kind of hard to make a meal out of uh, pumpkin pie filler." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, uh, Ellis. Yeah, but now um, there's an. I I don't I don't know if I'd say an underlining theme, but I mean mm-hmm. of um, another thing that Nichols said he wanted the, the the movie to kind of be like was his feel of when you are that age, when you are coming of age, you're you know thirteen, fourteen years old, and you see things in black and white and mm-hmm. like falling in love. And, you know, you see a girl in school and you're just like egog and, you know, you think she's great. And then getting, you know, the the, the boys are taught a lot of reality, you mm-hmm. know, uh, in this movie where um, especially Ellis, uh, you know, the, even though all this stuff's going on with mood, um, he also has a little thing going on where he sees this girl from school and she's an older girl mm-hmm. and you know it's one of those deals where everybody hangs out at the fucking burger king parking lot or whatever with their cars or wherever <laughs> it is yeah. and they all sit on the hoods of their cars and talk and everything and he's riding his bike and he sees this girl and he's just like in his mind she's a goddess she's the greatest thing in the world and and that's one one part about this that i thought was a little bit weird mm-hmm. was i i didn't think that this girl seemed like she was probably a couple of years older than him mm-hmm. that he looked like i mean you know he was a kid and she mm-hmm. after he does something she does kind of start liking him and actually now she might have been drunk that one night but still <laughs> A girl that age, I don't remember when I was in school, like if I was 14, a girl that was 16 or 17, you know, 
having any interest in me or wanting to kiss me or anything like that. So well, all we have to do is remember uh, the samurai story about him and his uh, babysitter. And uh, yeah. So anyways, his babysitter raped him. <laughs> mm, um, I don't know. Like uh, it, it's definitely because he definitely looks young. You know, he really looks young. And you, it's kind of like that age where, you know, when you're that young, one year feels like an entire, like, separation. You yeah, know? it's like, a big difference. Yeah, obviously when you get older, years mean far, far less. But, yeah, because I think he was 14. She might have been, like, 16, maybe 17. But, you know, there's a lot of uh, growing to do, so to speak. A lot of growing. Yeah. This uh, I did mention to Jake when we saw it, you know, that, that for some reason... Well, I you know I guess rightly so. The movie reminded me a little bit of the the Rob Reiner movie Stand by Me and mm-hmm. and the the boys just their interaction because boy you know just boys of that age are are all the same you know and but the the one boy I think that played Neckbone just <laughs> the way he had his hair cut and everything reminded me of uh, River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, now you have. Ellis and and the girl that he's interested in, so he's starting to get all these emotions that he's you know at that age you're really not prepared for. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, you you kind of uh, see things in black and white, and he's in he's convinced that he's in love, and all this and that and everything. And then he comes across Mud, <laughs> and Mud spins this tale of um, sort of like you know uh, with the movie Django where he was talking about uh, Siegfried and. Uh, yeah, Hilda, uh, whatever. What? Uh, what's her? Broom Hilda. Broom Hilda. Yeah. Um, and Mud is kind of spinning this story to them that he has um, this. He he paints a picture of this beauty, this beautiful flaxen-haired uh, a girl, and he even has a, you know, she has a little tattoo on her hand, and she's the sweetest, most beautiful thing, and and uh, you, you just to look at her, you'd be like, oh my god, and so they're like, oh, I, you know, really? And and something came between them, mm-hmm. and, and uh, he needed their help so that he could get <laughs> back to his true love. Mm-hmm. His true white trash pussy. <laughs> Her name is Juniper. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I think you you hit the nail on the head with the, the, the... I think the main thematic thing for the film is his interactions, because he's getting to the point where he's going to be a man soon, but he's he's still viewing things at face value. And, mm-hmm. you know, all of these adults, they have these masked intentions and hypocrisies. And all throughout the movie, he's trying to get a grasp on people. It's like he's gotten to that point where... You know, he's being treated in some ways like an adult, but he's not able to read between the lines yet. And because of that, there's all sorts of angst towards the end that kind of builds up, you know. Like, well, I think that uh, I thought that the basic theme of the movie was that women can make your <laughs> life completely fucking miserable and don't trust them. Well, there's always that. <laughs> There's always that juniper and maypearl. Well, maybe mud, maybe mud, to an extent, not to an extent, he was. Mm-hmm. He was kind of uh, a man child in yes. that, in that, because he still 
believed in that true love where every and i mean i've been in the same situation where all your friends your family are saying you know this person's no good they they're doing this they're doing that i saw them out with some guy or you know they're mm-hmm. white trash or they're scum you know get away from them they're making you miserable but you're like no she's the greatest thing ever i love her i love her so much i'm out on this island and I'm eating pork and beans and reading Penthouse Magazine, old boat. It's like, fuck, dude, get your head out of your ass. Yeah, that's a universal thing. Everybody knows the guy that just doesn't see because he he does everything for this. He he yeah. ends up on, on the run from the law. He, you know, uh, I don't think there's too much of a spoiler. He kills somebody for her, and obviously she finds no compulsion to reciprocate. The kind of um, love that he asked for her. That that constantly goes from jerk to jerk to jerk. Yeah, she likes the bad boy, and Mud, but the thing is, Mud that didn't wasn't didn't she grow up with Mud? Like they knew each yeah, other. Yeah, they knew. The, mm-hmm. They were <laughs> yeah. and then Neckbone is just kind of there. <laughs> he just, yeah. he's he's the huck to Ellis's mm. Tom's. He's the guy that you know is Derek's. We're losing you. You're fading away, fading away. So until until Zom comes back, I will now talk about Neckbone a little bit. Uh, Neckbone. Oh no. Yeah, you're coming back. Okay. Was there homosexual undertones between Ellis and Neckbone? No way. Okay. Now, well, I mean, I think if, if you want to get for, uh, the GTTMC, yeah. <laughs> what know, about but... between Michael Shannon and? <laughs> <laughs> now, Michael Shannon is in this, and he's a favorite of our oh, of yeah. uh, our community. Uh, he, he it, it's another turn for him where he doesn't really have a substantial part, but he takes it and runs with it, <laughs> and it's pretty damn quirky and funny. Yeah, he takes. And it. I kept expecting something different to happen with him too. I kept mm. thinking that something would. Um, like that he was going to fuck things up in yeah. a way. He was mm-hmm. such a, a uh, he didn't give a shit, I guess. I mean, he was just in his own little world. Well, it's interesting because, you know, you kind of see it going in that direction because he sees something that, you know, they're yeah. obviously trying to keep hidden. But after he sees that, he's just kind of, you know, he that's when he talks with Ellis and he has that uh, get your tip wet line yeah yeah but he's basically just saying is there anything you know you want to talk about or where isn't yeah the the standard thing in the movie and that's maybe maybe why the movie um was different and better was i expected that to go a different way i expected Mm -hmm. him to kind of want to get his cut or (laughs) or to be a dick uh, and he didn't turn that way. It wasn't. It wasn't um, what normally would happen. And that's the same thing with the McConaughey character. Like you said, when mm. with the trailer, I expected there to be a dark turn. Like for these boys to really um, take to him and believe all his bullshit, and then him end up being uh, like a, a, a guy who was like a, either a stalker or mm. uh, the guy that he killed was her husband or something and he's just obsessed but it didn't go that way and it was you know it was, it was way better because it didn't mm-hmm. yeah it, it was definitely a, a very interesting take on the story because it's definitely a coming of age film but you've got all these characters on the periphery you've got mud who's kind of in a 
you know, he's very similar to Ellis uh, as it is now. And then you've got... Um, well, the interesting thing about Michael Shannon's character is in that scene, he knows... He kind of knows what's going on, but he doesn't want Ellis to know about it. But he still wants to kind of offer his support if Ellis wants to talk about it at all. Okay, so yeah, a bit of technical difficulties there, but whatever, we're okay, man. But um, yeah, the, the the scene where Michael Shan's talking to Ellis, you know, he's you know putting it out there that he knows, or he's trying to mask that he knows what's going on, but still wants to offer that support, and he kind of leads it there, and when comes obvious that Ellis, you know, he's got a handle on the situation. He kind of just lets him go, which is a cool little moment. Um, let's see here. I take all sorts of notes, so I can't think without them. Well, in another in another instance of something not going conventionally the way they set it up, mm-hmm. uh, there's a character in this that Mood uh, <laughs> tells Ellis and Neckbone... Um, Watch out for this guy. He's the devil walking the earth. He's this, he's that. And you get this huge buildup that this guy, Mm. this nemesis, this arch nemesis, who is the father of the man that Mud killed, is that, I mean, literally says he's like the devil on earth. Mm. Stay away from him. Don't talk to him. Don't even go near him. And then that never plays out really either i mean okay the well, guy does some some uh teabagger shit <laughs> but that was about it. it he's he's an interesting guy because he you know he's definitely played off as this sad old you know king i guess you could say hell his name yeah, is king yeah yeah but i mean he he can resort to because of how the whole how the ending plays out and what he's willing to do just to get his revenge yeah. that is patently evil and and wrong but the the way that they portray him is just this sad decaying figure more than anything else but from that guy's perspective was it evil and wrong okay if you have um well he's endangering that whole situation you know yeah. But do you, okay? Do you want to do you want to do the reveal of who this sad old king is? Yeah, but dying to. Well, it it was. I mean, this isn't a huge thing. Like same with the the Michael Shannon character. If you just look at IMDb, you know, uh, you'll find out. But um, Joe Don Baker shows up in this yeah. movie. Hound. He looks like an old hound dog. Yeah, looks all droopy. <laughs> he is true. <laughs> if you if you take into account what mud says which is that the guy that he killed was beating on reese witherspoon Mm -hmm. then you're like okay this guy was an asshole blah 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 Mm. but from the father's point of view probably the only thing that he knows is this chick is uh some white trash chick who came into my son's life and then she played mm-hmm. this guy off against this one or whatever and this crazy guy but, okay and we're taking we're taking for granted that what mud said was true that's very true how do we know that mud wasn't a darker character and that he wasn't just a jealous obsessed asshole and that he <laughs> didn't just fucking kill this guy because maybe and, and she's a cunt and she went and said oh my god mud you know i wish we could be together but i'm with him and he won't let me go and blah 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 because she was a bitch like that really anyway mm-hmm. and she might have just played him and he was such a dumbski 
Then he was like, I gotta go save her. I gotta be a chivalrous knight in shining armor. And he killed this fucking dumbass. And then the dad's like, he knows the real perspective. And he's like, this guy's just a fucking idiot. And she's a fucking cunt. <laughs> and, you know. Well, it's interesting. It- and that might have been really more. Okay, now. I think if the movie wanted to do that and really kind of double down on that angle, they would have showed more. Yeah. Well, I think they wouldn't have even had the brother character be as violent with Reese Witherspoon as he was. Yeah, but if somebody killed your brother and you knew that she was a bitch and she cheated <laughs> and she was a whore mm-hmm. and all this stuff and and and, and manipulated it like that, well, you would know? you punch a kid over it? I'd punch a kid. Damn, punch him right in the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> Ice well, cold. but you, you also have to keep it. Okay, he was he he had a hold of her, and the kid jumped on his back. Sure. So he just wheeled around and punched. Sure. But he did see it was a kid. But yeah. still, I mean, that was wrong. You're still. justifying violence against a child. She's she was cool. a scuzz, please, a scuzz. Because yeah. you know, and the thing was, if it, it, they they really showed her true colors too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if she would have just been held up in that fucking motel. And mm-hmm. all this and that, you know, you'd have been like, okay, you know, I can see that. But then she just goes out and is like, all this shit's going on around her. This guy kills somebody for her. Mm-hmm. These There's all these bounty hunters showing up, like, watching her and coming in her room and, like, sh- you know, uh, roughing her up and everything. And what's she do? Eh, I think I'll go get me a beer and play some pool and <laughs> let some guy stick his finger at my butthole. <laughs> she was just a, a fucking... St- asshole well yeah and it, it, it's really interesting like that's really the moment that kind of sets everything in emotion toward the end that's where yeah. everything just goes horribly wrong for him that's when he like gets the cold shoulder from may pearl that's when he starts to get disillusioned with mud and with love and and all that stuff and that's when it, it kind of melts down and things go toward the uh climax welcome to the real world ellis yes seriously seriously because I mean, shit. I, I don't know if every guy has experienced this, but I think every guy's experienced it to a degree. Just that moment where you think something means something that it doesn't, and the girl just laughs, or totally or, just blows you off, acts like she didn't yeah. know. Because uh. you see that moment coming, and you just you groan. If Mud would have killed Reese Witherspoon, <laughs> then his it would have made more sense. Yes. Because and then she was like, "Oh, mud," you know. It's like they had that thing from when they were kids, and she sort of had an affection for him, but she didn't. I mean, she can't let him go. She can't just cut him free. She just keep him on a string. Yeah, because she liked the attention. Because she was a cunt. Yeah, like Reese Witherspoon probably is in real life, and then Ryan Phillippe finally was like, you know, hey, you're a cunt. I'm getting the fuck away from you, bitch. I'm sure you said it just like that. Bitch, you know, did you hear what I, I I can't remember if I told you or not what he actually did say. No, no. When they split up, uh it was right before they split up, um she made that Johnny Cash movie and got like this critical acclaim and everything and he hmm. uh did an interview and said, um my wife finally made a movie that I wanted to see. Oh god. <laughs> and that probably didn't go over too well. No. Well, you know. What about Legally Blonde? Legally Blonde. So anyway, Mud, um, there was a... Oh, and another thing was, Ellis started doing some things that uh, 
his thing was uh, the ideal idealism thing, which is if you know if you love a girl, you love them, and you'll do anything to get them. Like he'd go up right. and just yeah. punch this boy who was like way bigger than him. And if and with uh, with mud, you know, if you're my buddy and you're my friend, and it's and it's got to do with true love, you know, he was going out and stealing stuff to help mud, mm-hmm. and so that got him into some trouble too. And and then you so, you saw. Uh, Mud kind of. Uh, I think that Ellis kind of saw himself in Mud, and like you know, mm-hmm. hey, we're two of the same kind of guys. We believe in love. You love this girl. I love this girl. Blah 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 blah. But then you also saw the shine uh, uh, of Mud kind of get tarnished in his eyes too. About when uh, his parents and these people that he knew were like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, what are you doing? You you were you stealing and all this and that? And then when Reese Witherspoon kind of told him, you know, hey, this is how mud is or whatever. Or no, maybe it was Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard told. It was both, him. I think. Yeah. And he he went out and he was just so disappointed. And I think mud that that really affected mud too because he was like, you know, this this young boy really liked me and everything and now he thinks I'm a piece of shit mm-hmm. and that I'm full of shit and then so he's like I'm gonna prove that I'm not full of shit <laughs> I'm mud well I think like uh, he Matthew McConaughey is really fucking good in this movie because of like his complete naivete with his relationship to the kids because yeah. you know when when you know Ellis really kind of has it out with them and really kind of bitches them out like you you just see his like he he's just completely taken aback by he's just like heartbroken over it because he finally realizes what he's made this kid do yeah you know he's taken advantage of him and not really you know appreciated that this is a young kid he's involving him in all of this illegal and potentially dangerous shit and then he's being resented for that and you just see his heartbreak and it was you don't normally see something like that because Matthew McConaughey's kind of like a you know he's a he's a a star kind of actor. It's about charisma. Yeah. It's about natural charisma. But you, you know, this movie as well as a bunch of other movies lately kind of remind you that, I mean, this guy's a a legit actor. He's really good. Well, the funny thing is, is I was just getting ready to say he needs it, it, he needs to quit fucking making <laughs> Reese Witherspoon movies. <laughs> but he did with Reese Witherspoon. You know, <laughs> but um. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jeff Nichols. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about him for a minute. Uh, this is his um, most mainstream kind of film yet. Yeah, you know what? I liked Take Shelter. Mm-hmm. I did not like, however, much to the chagrin of the large William, <laughs> I did not like Shotgun Stories. I thought it was so boring. Uh, yeah. um, I th- can see that. Did you like it? I thought it was pretty good, um, but I can really see where you come from. It feels like it definitely feels like a David Gordon Green kind of film. Like it, it's almost like you know he really almost fetishizes that world, and so he's seeing things and that well, I, you know I we're not really seeing. You know that yeah. I, I one thing I remember about it was like with Mud, um, where you thought convention uh, and it can because we've what we've both watched so many movies that you can kind of see okay this is this kind of movie this is Mm -hmm. that kind of movie okay i can see this is going to go this way this is going to go that way and it doesn't and shotgun stories was sort of like that i thought it was going to go a certain way and be more of something and it wasn't but 
in that instance, just for me, um, I don't think it was for the better. I think that it made it kind of dull and kind of boring. Whereas Mud, even though there were a few things they didn't follow up on or that didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, I thought that that just the story alone was still enough to keep me interested. Now, Take Shelter, I like that one. I thought it was very... Mm -hmm. I thought it was good, and that's maybe that's why uh, Michael Shannon was in Mud because he had a connection with uh, old Jeff. Yeah. So, and then uh, Jeff Nichols has an untitled science fiction project coming up in the future. That is starring Michael Shannon. (laughs) That'll be fucking interesting. That's for damn sure. But I I, I do think that uh, yeah, Um, I, I I think that take shelter in this movie is a really kind of happy middle ground for him it's you know it's definitely you know not as esoteric as shotgun stories is because he's still able to get the same good of you know really good character moments from shotgun stories but still have it be you know more palatable you know more uh relatable i guess you know did you say okay now this is just my opinion yeah uh, as we're dissecting this movie probably more than we should um the Sam Shepard character, I like Sam Shepard. I like him as an actor. He's a good writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a little contrived. You know, he's this uh, just just happens to be out on yeah. this thing, but he not just one part of it, which mm-hmm. is his skills set. Yeah, well, I mean, he could have just been a redneck guy who liked to hunt or something. Or it, you know. he he could have been. I, I think they were you know playing up you know how much is. You know how 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 full of shit is mud, yeah, and all yeah, that that's stuff. true. And so but I it, think they just kind of went with it. It's the 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 movie convention that we always talk about. Like every goddamn movie these days has to have somebody who's this ex-military expert, this <laughs> right? Know? Yeah, but I didn't any- I didn't think we needed the 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 payoff that we ended up getting with him. It felt too much like a a pump your fist in the air kind of movie. yeah, fucker, like, yeah, yeehaw. Yeah, and, and Jake and I did have a discussion, not getting into the ending too much, because mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to give you anything. No, but um, that I personally thought that they could have cut it off and left the ending more ambiguous, mm-hmm. and uh, instead of the way that they went, right. which was more of a, I don't, I don't want to say because yeah. I, I don't, I don't even want to say, you know, but. I, I, they they did it in such a way that maybe it would be more appealing. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they left it more ambiguous, I'm not. Uh, they they could have made mud to mud part two, <laughs> <laughs> where he's still just stalking Reese Witherspoon, <laughs> going around, you know. Right. It's like I I if it had ended where you wanted it to end, I would have zero fucking problems with the movie okay. because the movie ends on a on. And this isn't revealing anything, but it ends on a quote-unquote mud moment. Mud. Where, it, since the movie was about Ellis, it probably should have just ended on Ellis. Yeah. Ended That's, that way. Yeah, exactly. But I think they just wanted to... Um, I don't know. I, I, ha- I had... You know what? It probably would have been better. I don't think it detracted... But I think as a story and having a, a a better ending, I, I think it would have been better to end on the Ellis moment rather than the quote-unquote mud moment. 
but I don't think it necessarily detracted from it. Oh. You know, I wasn't like, oh, that ruins this or that ruins that. It was just like, this is a, a bit extraneous. Well, no, what ruined it was the girl that was sitting, the, there was one, two, three, including us, five people in the theater, <laughs> and the girl that was sitting right in front of us uh, texting the entire time with her. You don't realize how bright someone's phone is until you're in a completely dark theater, and the face of their phone is is shining right back in your face. Right. Cunt. Oh. Redheaded cunt. Wow. I'll never forget her, though. Well, who can? You should have climbed over the seats and sat right beside her. You should have. You? Had, you? you had what some... you? Yuri wasn't in town. I said you. Not me. You. No, I'm in you. Who, me? You could have done the, the, the uh, double penetration. Oh. Well, yeah. No, we, yeah. we talked about that. That's too awkward. Yeah, it is awkward. Yeah. That... No, but to, being that we both probably have like really small dicks, it wouldn't even be like gay or anything. It'd there be... wouldn't even be a chance of touching. It well, I don't know. I wouldn't even want like my leg to touch another guy's leg. I don't like when guys touch me. Well, obviously, in any way. I mean, well, like except like maybe a, a fucking cobra hold or something. <laughs> and then you got to just like fight out. You got to kick out, kick <laughs> up against the ropes with your feet, so you fall back on top of them. Their shoulders are down, even though they still have you in the cobra hold. And the re- while you're passing out, the ref counts three, and the guy thinks he won. <laughs> you won because even though you're still almost unconscious, he got pinned. He pinned himself. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Well, now that Doma's gone, you know, everything's up for grabs now. Doma. That sounds like somebody's name. <laughs> like a transsexual's name from one of those movies. <laughs> from one of those movies. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's wrap this puppy up with that there one. Yeah, so, um, Mud, I give this an 8.25 out of 10. I didn't like this as much as Take Shelter, but I still liked it a whole fucking lot. You know what? I think I might have liked it more than Take Shelter. Hmm, okay. I give it an 8.5. Well, fuck. Even though after we went to see it, I think we both gave it an 8.25 in the car. Did we? Yes. Well, I am consistent. And you made me buy a Thomas Melian book. Which I'm looking at right now, and it's all in Italian. Is it good? Did you know that it has a a CD in it? I did not. That interesting. That um, someone has CD in it. Somebody told me about it, and then I looked, and I was like, Jake would have bought it if he'd have known that. No, I wouldn't have. Fucker. I don't like CDs. Uh, I don't like music. I don't think it's music. I don't well, like art. It is. No, it is. It is music. It must be hmm. music from his. Um, I don't know what it is. Soundtracks or his music? Uh, I don't know what the fuck it is. Hmm. Bonus track. It's got uh, Squadra Volte. Squadra Volte. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> let's not talk about that. All right. Let's talk about Prometheus. That's something that's just between you and me. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about this turd. Yeah. But first, you got to listen to some music and shit and a promo. I Driving think. down the road. <laughs> okay. See you guys. Ahoy, mateys. This is K.A.B., Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. 
Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. The Smooth Sound. Fabulous. 
Kate Beckinsdale or somebody like that, you know. <laughs> Denise Richards. Yeah, Denise Richards. Oh, my God. That was brazoodle. <laughs> so, anyway, she plays Elizabeth Shaw. Mm. Now, the reason that I'm bringing her up to start with is, is I found a movie last night, and it's on YouTube in its entirety, and it's, what, is she Dutch? I have no idea. Well, whatever she is. She's it's a, European. It's a foreign language film. <laughs> and, um, oh, she's maybe Swedish. Yeah. Sure. So, anyway. It's called Daisy Diamond. And the reason I found it was I was looking for a picture to post of her for this podcast. And I found all these pictures of her naked uh, getting fucked by some guy in this movie. And then another picture of her getting fucked by a woman with a strap-on dildo (laughs) in a bunch of pictures for this movie. And the movie's called Daisy Diamond. So I posted. So why are we covering this movie? I know. I would have watched it last. I started watching it. It's actually pretty good. Um, so anyway, <laughs> uh, um, she. I know for this movie, she actually took like a, uh, or or had a language. Um, uh, so language teacher. barrier. Yeah, okay. the, the, to uh, to to help her with a, a an English accent. Oh, okay. uh, she plays Elizabeth Shaw. And uh, so they set it up from the beginning. There's there's a lot of things that I got from this movie that that were kind of conflicting, because if you listen mm. to people's criticisms of this movie, um, some people on the left, on the atheist side, uh, yes, uh, say you know oh this movie's bullshit because you know she's so fucking stupid. She's supposed to be a scientist, and a scientist should put away. Uh, their um, spiritual uh, side when they're talking about their job. Yeah, or at least and, not have it like be the driving force for right. everything. And her driving force is that she is a believer. She wears, uh, you know, a cross around her neck and everything. And they they show a. It's not. It's it's a flashback to us, but it's it's the character of David, the the uh, I guess android. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, reading her or watching her dreams, they had the the technology where he could actually watch her dreams while she was in suspended animation, and he sees this uh, significant thing that happens between her and the guy that was trying to fuck G- or Juno in Hard Candy, <laughs> uh, and his name is Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson, and uh, so anyway. Uh, that he plays her father, and he's telling her, you know, that they're in some African nation. He must have been like uh, for UNICEF or whatever he was doing. Sure. And uh, and um, they see a funeral go by, and he's kind of she's just a little girl, and he's explaining to her, you know, she says, you know, well, shouldn't you help? And he's like, you know, they don't really want my help. This is their the way that they do things. Blah 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 blah. And he plants in her this idea of God and mm-hmm. uh, I mean she probably had that before because she was probably brought up, brought up religious and everything and in church and everything with their family and but he's it, it's like a, li- a little kid you know saying you know well why 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 you know asking questions and and so she's saying you know in, even in her untouched mind she's kind of like wait a minute dad this is kind of bullshit <laughs> no, but uh, because you know, she's just curious and she's trying to reason things out like a kid would do or like anybody should do. But uh, I guess once you reach a certain age or you get involved with certain groups, you're not supposed to reason. You're supposed to take things on faith. 
mm-hmm. you're, if things don't make sense, uh, you know, and they uh, uh, seem like they're total bullshit, you're not supposed to try and discover the reason behind it or what the real reason is or find the real truth you're supposed to have faith and his thing is you know she's like well dad you know well why do you think this and he says well it's because what i choose to believe okay mm-hmm. now her then as an adult she becomes a scientist and through and through scientific methodology you know they're seeking the truth uh, uh or how th- how things work why they are the way they are and it's just question after question after question on top of question mm-hmm. they and they and the thing that a lot of religious people uh like like to point out is well they said before we were going to have an ice age and things were cooling down and now they're <laughs> saying things are warming up what's the okay they they can't make up their mind it's like no Science is ever evolving. We're discovering that, that they had an idea then, but now they are dispelling it. It is advancing. It's becoming more advanced. It's becoming more truth. Mm-hmm. Even though they may think this now, with the technology that they develop in a uh, hundred years from now, it may dispel the things that they're saying, but they're still seeking the truth. Whereas uh, a religious person has a book from however many hundreds of years ago for primitive people thinking primitive ways explaining things in primitive ways and they're just clinging to it and saying nope that's it that's it I believe that and that's it and that's what it says and that's what it is mm-hmm. and as things progress and prove these things either wrong or more or less kind of fantastical or mythological they're like nope 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 I don't want to hear it don't want to hear it don't want to hear it now you have a certain amount of um, even in this movie with Shaw uh, where you have you look at it as okay what's wrong with having something to comfort you mm-hmm. you know in these times uh, somebody said that on one of the groups the other day that that uh, religion is it could be anything it doesn't necessarily have to be god or whatever mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a mechanism that humans come up with to calm themselves mm-hmm. to help comfort and calm themselves and each different place you know has a different thing but it could just be yoga it could be chanting yeah. it could be in, in stressful times something that you can use to concentrate on to help calm yourself or whatever in a in a time. so okay now you have David now uh, as a scientist Elizabeth Shaw is looking for I mean she's not specifically at the beginning looking to meet her maker that's just what comes out of her discovery but she's she they they're doing like an archaeological find. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she's because she's supposed to okay they're supposed to be scientists but when you see them at first they are it's more or less like an archaeological thing yeah that's... they're like in a cave and mm-hmm. looking at drawings on a cave which you would think okay if it's a nuclear physicist or something like that he's not going to be out in a cave yeah I think they were I think that's what they're supposed to be but you know movie magic they know biology they know you know medical sciences they know all that stuff and they may be this may be because they're eggheads you know book Mm -hmm. learners eggheads 
this may be something that they do for fun. You know, they may be just out there like, hey, you know, let's go spelunking or whatever and explore these caves or whatever. So anyway, but her quest becomes um, finding the answers to these questions. And I don't think it's necessarily that that's just all she's looking for. I, like they, they break it down as, you know, she we want to meet our maker and we want to ask them why. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if you saw these things and you had these these things, if from a scientific perspective, it's more like, okay, who are these people? Yeah. And let's make contact or let's find out about them. She She adds on that little thing about meet your maker because she doesn't know that this is their ma- – that this is uh, – what God really is or anything like that. Yeah, it's very presumptuous to even think that that's what they are, whether they can even discern that kind of, right. you know, information from them, if they're even alive, if blah, 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 blah. But as a, but as that's a what she chooses being, to believe. As we were talking about Scott Pilgrim, or I was talking about, like, fucking Reese Witherspoon or somebody that I don't like in a movie, you can't help but... Uh, the thing is, David is an android he doesn't he is totally analytical supposedly and all this net Uh, whereas no matter how much we want to be objective in our perceptions of things Mm -hmm. like Scott Pilgrim or whatever uh, you can't help but bring your own shit to the game Mm -hmm. And 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 that's the whole human element of uh, 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 even in whether it's computer technology, whether it's uh, science or whatever, there's that human element which is always an anomaly because humans are fallible. They make mistakes. They are going to bring their own. Like her husband. Well, people said, why would he? He's a scientist. Why would he do this? This is so stupid. He took his helmet off. He did this. He did that. <laughs> he's bringing his own shit. He's he 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 is a you know, just from the way the guy I perceived the guy, and this is me bringing my shit to it, but the way I perceived the guy um, uh, who is Charlie Hall- Holloway, Holloway, her, her husband, mm-hmm. um, is that he's and he's very egocentric. He's kind of a narcissist. Yeah, I mean, he's the kind of guy. Um, he hates David for some reason. He hates David. Yeah. Uh, he sees. He calls him boy and stuff like that, and. Um, but I think that might be just because of the kind of – it shows what kind of a person he is. And because he is, he does have these human frailties and shit like that, which just about everybody in this movie does, mm-hmm. including David, ends up to an extent. But I think that, uh, I, I think that that's the thing. You're, you're, put, you're taking all this science – and like Chris on Are You Serious – uh, when he's talking about it, uh, he kind of straddles the line because he likes the movie, but he does see a lot of this shit that people point out that's kind of stupid mm-hmm. as far as science goes. But like I said, you're taking human beings with their egos, with their pasts, the shit that they're programmed with from the time they're a little kid like she was, mm-hmm. and that's thrown into the equation whether you like it or not. It's not a sterile atmosphere. Humans are the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the uh, chaos theory. You know, they're, the, uh, Everything isn't going to go as planned because, because they are there. Um, 
Now, the whole thing with the Fassbender character of David, uh, I think it plays a lot to Hal from 2001. Mm-hmm. Even though you make this thing to be analytical and totally um, without emotion and feeling and this and that, the, the, the intelligence, the artificial intelligence, intelligence in itself is going to bring I mean he's experiencing these things mm-hmm. uh, he's not just a, he's not a computer he if you're an artificial if he was just a computer he wouldn't be able to do the things he did he would be just a robot he was created to be able to uh, speak to these people to relate to these people and to interact with them to, so that they won't feel uh, threatened and this and that and everything. Right. But because he's an artificial intelligence, that in itself means, especially at this advanced level, like Hal, it means that he is going to take in the things that he sees and process them. He's taking in these people's emotions. He's watching her dreams and and seeing how she feels towards her father. She's taking in the uh, aggression that Holloway or Holloway, I keep saying Holloway. I yeah, not whatever. Holloway. But he's taking in this aggression that he's giving to him for no reason and processing that and he's mirroring it back to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also, with the Hal thing, which with, with Hal, who was more of just a computer, um, he would relate. He wasn't as advanced, but he was programmed to do this, but it also was programmed to, say, protect these people but uh, that were under his care in the ship, but also was told, okay, you need to do this, which conflicted with that. And he was told to like to lie, even though he was not didn't know what lying was. It was almost like a child mm-hmm. who's told by their parent, "You should always tell the truth." But then, and you should never smoke. But then he, the kid catches the parent smoking a cigarette, or that you're not supposed to lie. But then they find out that their parent is stealing from work or something like that. And they mm-hmm. and so, Hal as a as as a as a child is conflicted and it drives him crazy like parents drive you crazy like life drives you crazy you're told the ideal is don't lie don't cheat don't steal don't cheat on uh, someone you love don't do this don't whatever but then real life totally f- makes those ideals totally fucked up mm-hmm. so in some way and then some people can't handle it they do go nuts or they they say fuck all this shit that was all bullshit <laughs> like her dad telling her about God, she clings to that. Whereas somebody else might say, fuck all that bullshit. I, now I'm out in the real world and I know that this is bullshit. And some people take it to even a more extreme, which is fuck all that shit. You're not supposed to kill people. Well, I don't give a shit. I'll kill people. You know, I'm going to die anyway. There's nothing after that. You know. So anyway, um, you throw into this equation um, – Peter Wayland is, and and I wish that they would. There's some things that they said that they kind of wanted to do mm-hmm. that they didn't do. Now, the extended like trailer where they show Peter Wayland as a young man addressing his 
shareholders or whatever in the Wayland company. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, um, all, all, you know, this exploration and all this and that. I thought that sh- I would have loved to have seen that at the beginning of the fucking movie. Yeah. I thought that was Oh, excellent. yeah, for sure. And then I had heard that they actually thought about having the metamorphosis of the Wayland character, the backstory be that um, he was partners with a guy and they had a split. Their company split because Wayland wanted to go with the um, his concept of was the android, David or Bishop from Aliens or whatever. And his partner went off in another direction, which was the biological Superman, uh, which was Roy Batty and uh, the replicants mm-hmm. from the other fucking movie, Blade Runner. Blade Runner, yeah. Um, so anyway, I thought that would have been a cool concept to explore. And if they did a prequel to a prequel to a prequel, <laughs> that would be cool. So anyway, um, you have these characters thrown together this mish, mish, mishmash of characters uh, it's almost like a dirty dozen kind of a group mm-hmm. where you have you know s- s- some of these people are supposed to be uh, I don't know if they were supposed to be the best in their field no I, they were just people kind of brought in really yeah because I would I would have thought that if Wayland had all this money and everything and you know scientists they said they spent a trillion dollars, yeah. which I thought was a, <laughs> which a trillion time, dollars. It's, it's like the six million dollar man. Oh, right, six million dollar man. Six million dollars is a big thing now. If they remade the six million dollar man, it would have to be like the six hundred million dollar man. Right. Whereas if they said a trillion in this, you know, to us it's like oh my god, but a trillion then might be you know chump change. I don't know. Yeah, it takes place in like twenty ninety four. Yeah. Uh, I would think that if it was the find of a lifetime that they would have all of the the best, but it wasn't to them, to to Shaw and Holloway it was, but to everybody else, they were still skeptical. They were still like, okay, we don't know what this is. We don't even know if we're going to find shit, anything. This Mm -hmm. this is a wild goose chase. And if if it was a if it was in our reality, it would be like when we first sent, uh, you know, the the uh, uh, things to the to Mars, and all you find is rocks and dust, and we're it's it's more like a uh, a geological thing where you're saying, okay, there might have been water here because look at how these rocks are formed, or there might have been sure. this because of this, but there's nothing really there other than the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but this shit. You know, when shit goes down, <laughs> shit goes down. Okay, now I was a fan of Aliens, the second one. Okay, I think I saw the first one on cable on like HBO or something, maybe one time a long time ago. But because I'm not a horror fan, especially mm-hmm. when I was younger, I really wasn't a horror fan because I was scared <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to watch this shit. <laughs> but so I think I watched it once and then, but. Aliens, the second one, was more of an action movie. Yeah. With all the shooting and the fucking Marines and all that shit. So, and it was still scary, but I was older and I 
I, I really liked that one. And then I watched um, the third one with where they were on the prison thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, okay, it wasn't bad, but it really wasn't that great. And then uh, like a couple years ago when I realized that it was uh, Fincher was the one that did it, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to go back and watch this. And I, I enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. Uh, because I think because Aliens was such an action movie mm-hmm. and it was so hardcore, you know, kick ass that that's what I expected in the next one. So it was kind of a letdown. But when I put it aside and then went back to it, I liked it. Uh, the one um, with the what was it like a a clone of Ridley? Yeah, it's a resurrection. Did it have Renona Ryder? Yeah, it, was, it had Ron Perlman, and it was directed by Jean Pierre Genet. And yeah, I don't remember that, that well. Something to do with uh, it's not good. Or in a basketball or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which then, I thought they were like kind of doing like a cheeky nod to it with Fassbender riding his bike and throwing the basketball. Yeah, yeah. that was a nice little callback to that. I did. Uh, Fassbender was a highlight. Of, was was probably oh, yeah. the highlight. He's so good. Yeah, he's the highlight for me. He's and I liked his uh, kind of stiff upper lip, but still kind of throwing like uh, uh, it was like Holloway was kind of like I said a narcissist. He was almost like a jock, like a frat boy jock of scientists. <laughs> yeah, he was just kind of a uh, you know ego kind of a a, a jerk and uh, and a. Uh, um, but I liked, I sort of liked his interaction with fast with David. It was interesting. It, it sort of didn't make sense. And I've been trying to reason it out. I mean, I think it was, I think what they were trying to do, like, it didn't make sense. Like, cause so many times I was watching, I was like, what the fuck is Holloway's problem? But I think hey. what they were trying to do was draw the parallel with the, innate antagonism toward the creation and how that plays off with the engineers and what they were you know theoretically trying to do with humans and send the the black goo to kill kill us all i will say this now that i'm now this just popped into my head oh my god that thunder (laughs) it's like oh my god is that is that god um (laughs) did you just fart yeah did did god just fart (laughs) um there was if you look back on the movie um, Aliens, mm-hmm. there was a a um, aggression by uh, Ripley. I said Ridley a little while ago. Uh, it's Ripley yeah, yeah. Uh, towards Bishop. Yes. Now, well, it, that was it because had, of the it first because movie. of the first movie. Yeah. Right. But if you, but what what I'm thinking is is that because these androids were probably more plentiful uh, than, you know, of course we don't have anything like that, but they may be seen by some. There may be a certain prejudice, like a, like a class system kind of a thing, like, hey, you know, you may think you're smart, but you're just a, you're just a goddamn... You're, when he kept calling him boy, mm-hmm. I, I kept getting a, a Pinocchio... Mm-hmm. Uh, thing, you know, the 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 little boy, the the puppet who wanted to be a little boy, and he was just a a, a puppet on a string, uh, and I think that Holloway's aggression towards him was, you know, you're just you may talk like us, you may think you're smarter than us, 
uh, or whatever, but I'm a human and you're still just this puppet on a string and I'm a boy. I'm the real boy. But he still he 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 condescends to him, he talks to him, and David probably is five thousand times smarter or whatever. Yeah. But but Holloway is like you know he's a human. He's like I said, narcissist ego anyway, and uh, and um, and of course uh, Elizabeth Shaw is drawn to the jerk. <laughs> he's not a jerk to her. He's very affectionate and everything to her. And I think that she she likes his uh, you know they have that passion and that uh, that uh, you know for for their craft they're really excited by these things and and that drives them like when they're when they're excited by this they want to fuck you know they're like yeah this is great we're going to discover this together oh my god you know <laughs> now on on a, a an opposite of their of how she is uh you have uh Meredith Vickers who is really i mean i thought she was Charlize Theron played that character really well yeah she's very cold She's to the to the point of someone actually saying to her, "Are you an android?" <laughs> which that took me back to the to Blade Runner, mm-hmm. which is like uh, you know that that question of some people brought up whether it's uh, warranted or not was Deckard uh, a replicant? replicant. Yeah. Uh, are they so good to the point that and these people didn't know her? They never met her before. They didn't know what her backstory eventually is mm-hmm. and you know and i thought that and wayland probably did this for a reason i thought that and scott probably cast this for a reason and made them i thought david and vickers looked a lot alike yes and the way they acted they could have been brother and sister even when she got him up against the wall and was like look you fucker you know <laughs> it was almost like two siblings the one that the parent uh, exactly yeah because he had just gotten done talking to Wayland. he was like oh it's confidential i can't yeah i can't talk to you about this and it pisses her off that's it's like father which in in a way it was yeah it is son and daughter Mm -hmm. and the one is thought is the favorite yeah and he's preferring the artificial one as opposed to the real thing and this pisses her off and so i like that that was kind of a cool Mm -hmm. dynamic there too uh, the dynamic between Janik and Vickers, I like that, which brought us back to uh, when I said that I thought uh, uh, Django should have had more interracial sex in it. <laughs> I I like the fact that I lo- uh, Idris Elba is becoming one of my favorites. Oh, he's awesome. Uh, from yeah. the Ghost Rider movie. I never saw The Wire, so I need to go back and watch that. Oh. But, uh, he pretty much... Uh, takes his big old black dick and puts it on the table and she's like hmm, okay he takes uh, a character that's pretty throwaway and actually makes him somewhat memorable yeah because there's nothing particularly great about the character itself yeah. but he brings a lot to it he, his charisma and you know the 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 uh and and this also we can we can tie this in with scott pilgrim versus the world <laughs> he's playing uh the, you know, the Stephen Stills song, if you can't uh, be with the one you love, love the one you're with. And Stephen Stills, the character, was in Scott Pilgrim. Ah. So that's uh, kind of a tenuous link. I guess that's what they say on that one show with yeah. that Irish guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I'm just looking at the cast of characters here. I'm um, looking at my blind dog precariously close to jumping <laughs> off the couch. Ah! You, you have... Uh, <laughs> one person in this who has like probably 
one of the worst haircuts I've ever seen in my life, which <laughs> is the the woman who um, is she like the doctor? I think so. She, she plays Ford. She's like the like kind of a medical. Yeah. She's a scientist probably too, but she's you know deals with you know human physiology and something. Worst haircut ever. This bowl cut, <laughs> sort of a Tony Tennille slash Prince Valiant ugly ass fucking haircut. Horrible haircut. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, Feifeld had horrible hair too, but he was just an angry, angry ginger. Yeah, he was an angry ginger. Now I he remember was another him. character that was angry for no good fucking reason. He was just hostile to everyone and everything. Well, I, I, that's another one. At first, where I was like, "Why is this guy such a dick?" But again, that's just maybe who he was. Maybe he yeah. was just a jerk. He was always a jerk. He was a jerk. He's probably very smart, so he was he was good at the book learning. But he's he's a kind of a, a jerk. Obviously, by his the tattoos and the hair, right. he kind of maybe has like this uh, uh, anarchist punk kind of a thing. And he was you know just like even see. though he was into that, he was kind of a smart guy or whatever. But he's a jerk. And uh, whether you know he's on uh, instead of. They, they threw together people that had personality flaws, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and that that's the human factor. And I think a lot of people that watch this movie that are, you know, sci-fi people or that are really into the science want to reject. Because if you watch like the Andromeda strain, now you had like uh, Kate Reed and that was kind of a grouchy, grouchy woman. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, which was which kind of, but a lot of the other people were more analytical and scientific and stuff like that. So they were very, they were very dry, and you would expect that when you have a the stereotype of a scientist is somebody who's very analytical, very dry when they're in that environment, and they're only going to be that way. Scott took these people that are with all these human frailties and egos. And they're very different. Now, you, some people can say that it's, like I said, it's almost a um, dirty dozen-ish kind of a thing where each person has their special skill or each person has their their one character thing that sets them apart. Mm-hmm. He's very an angry punk. <laughs> angry uh, the geologist. <laughs> is the douche guy who puts his hoodie up all the time and is kind of a nerdy douche guy that wants to be his friend. <laughs> right. And they have that odd couple like Felix Unger, Oscar <laughs> Madison thing going there. Mm-hmm. And um, But that adds to it a little bit. Now, sure, it's taken to an extreme sort of, but these are people, wouldn't you be angry if you had been or maybe in a bad, foul mood? If you, if you were kind of the kind of person that was kind of a grouchy foul mood kind of a person like cancer man from (laughs) (laughs) talk without rhythm and you put him in in stasis for two years or whatever and you come out of this thing and you're you know away from your family your friends and everything and you're like fuck this is miserable my back stuff it'd be like (laughs) if you worked at apple and your back hurt well, that all that you is saying. <laughs> well, all that is fine and well. You get but, a mustache, and... <laughs> but we don't read that into the character. There's nothing in the movie to really read that into the character. Like all we see with this guy is just hostility. But you have to be fed everything. You don't have to be fed everything. Be but fed everything, Jake. But I mean, you can't just make shit up. Like we can't you can just make be... shit up. It's a story. It's fiction. Well, we can't just the whole be left made up. Well, I'm talking about like. 
imagining this backstory and having that justify this character that just runs around and is hostile all the time. But we could have a prequel. See, the only thing I like, know of this I don't character... Need a, I don't need, like, a backstory or a flashback to his, you know, unfortunate childhood that makes him have a grumpy disposition. He's but just like, grumpy. Take just, it for what it is. But, like, there's grumpy, and then there's just, like, outward hostility. He might be damn near a sociopath. <laughs> that's that's how he comes across. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this guy's from? Fuck? Yeah. But maybe, maybe this is the kind of guy that is so good in his field... Mm-hmm. I've I've known people like that. I work with people like that. Yeah. I've been on a podcast community with people <laughs> that are such assholes. They they have no human or no people skills. They're jerks, but they're so good at what they do that they pick them. They're like, hey, you know, we'll put him on here. So well, he's just there. I, he's I, he I, is who he is. Well, I guess the um the the appearance of him and like, he was you a know, jerk the, the, in the Red Riding trilogy. So there you go. That's the backstory. Who was yes. he in that? Oh my God, he was a jerk. He I was can't uh, him the the bad one of the bad. Well, they were all bad cops. Was he, he was, the first one? Or he the... was in the second one. Oh, he was one of those fuckers. Remember when uh, he got? Um, oh, the the main guy in the second one. What's his name? The actor, Patty Constantine. Patty Constantine. He got he got him in the in the like shower. Or, oh or wow! And he got in his face, and he and and then I'm when he left, he goes. Him. And Patty Constantine says to him as he's walking away, he goes, Merry Christmas, Bob. Because the guy basically got him and threatened him. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was a dick. Ah. Well, what I was going to say was, I guess because of the, the, the mohawk and the tattoos and shit like that, it doesn't, my mind doesn't go in that direction as like a antisocial egghead. You know, and so I that's why it was kind of bewildering. Really jerks, you know. Oh, I know a lot of punks, too. He seemed too, to be but... into his... Uh, his Irishness. <laughs> yeah. Well, he might. Well, he. Well, I, I'm not even going to speculate because I can't discern the difference too well. <laughs> so I'm not going to embarrass myself. <laughs> Irish or Scottish? Yeah, exactly. Was it Scottish? Well, I know the actor is British, but I don't know if he was playing a Scottish or Irish character. So we'll just well, leave that I would alone. Just, no, I, I, was, I was thinking, like, maybe the tattoos and stuff like that were kind of. Were they Gaelic or something i don't know I who gives a shit who cares we're, we're it's fucking, a minor character yeah we're fucking uh really but like i said i want this to be different i want to i want to <laughs> so is. anyway yeah. okay so okay. they find these thingies now we'll get back to what actually is fucking happened uh, <laughs> you start out the engineer thing at the beginning which i loved uh, i love that opening i was the 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 way that it was explained is, at first, I thought they were showing Earth as being pre-Adam and Eve. Let's just use those biblical terms. Sure. There's no human beings on Earth. It is just this place. It obviously has, you know, water and trees and an environment and everything. Mm-hmm. And and my perception, what I brought to it was that the engineers came. And um, created life on Earth. This yes. goop is something that is mixed with any DNA, mm-hmm. and then it evo- it evolves that DNA. Whether it's it, it's shown as, I got the perception that it was quick, but I it not necessarily there there's 
there's they show the the engineer mixing this stuff with his DNA. He starts to hit, break down, falls in the in the river, and you see the DNA breaking down and then reforming. Okay, so then this could have taken place over thousands of years. Once he falls in there, the the evolution. I was going to say it causes things to evolve faster, hmm. but not necessarily. This could have taken tens of thousands of years for it to get to a cert to a certain point where his DNA becomes man on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But um, with the, what, from what I read, the, the whole Prometheus thing is, has to do with the Titans mm-hmm. and um, them wanting to find or, 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 or wanting to them to, to like confront God and in much the same way that Shaw wants to confront God or their, their maker, and um, because they advance and become intelligent and then want to um, f- confront their maker or their God or whatever, then they are punished for this. And I don't know if that's like uh, in our religion it would be like adam eating the apple and mm-hmm. becoming aware mm-hmm. and an original sin thus mm-hmm. we are in some ways like you said, like they said punished uh, right. by by sin and by life and by whatever you know people say well why doesn't god protect people from this flood or why doesn't god protect little children from getting cancer and this and that um i think that's that's what they they said the concept of it was um and the name prometheus had a, a, a lot to do with the um with with that mythos uh, mm-hmm. he wanted to bring um not only the christian it, it it has a lot the movie has a lot to do with mythology yes because you're mixing her christian values and then you have the greek mythology of the titans which are the see she's thinking that these engineers are god mm-hmm. but i think that the engineers if you look at them what was the, the fucking movie that i just watched with the um shit <laughs> god damn it the one oh god damn it oh um the immortals the movie the oh immortals, yeah 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 they they talk about this net the the titans and you've heard that through greek mythology now i think that and all of this, when when we're talking the mythology, is just the human uh, story that to to explain this stuff. But the I guess the Greeks uh, and their story of the Titans more or less parallels what these engineers are. Uh, the Titans, she's thinking, okay, is this God? Is and Waylon, is this God? Is this our Maker? Mm-hmm. And these Titans are actually. Uh, just an alien life form, and they they are coming to this planet, uh, and they're like gar- they, they, he said like gardeners. Uh, they come to our planet and they plant these seeds so that something will grow. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, we see it as you know there are these gods and they're coming and they're our creators. Uh, much like Wayland is David's creator, you know he's already met his maker. You yeah. know, well, there's a great line between Holloway and um, 
David at the pool table, the pool table filled with the chrome <laughs> pool balls. Yeah. But um, he's like, you know, uh, I just wanted to come here and find out why. And, you know, David's like, well, why did you make us? And then he says starkly, well, because we could. And then David counters with, well, how, imagine how you would feel if that's how, what the reasoning was. Well, and the thing with the whole David character, too, is um, they said something about, you know, um, what's her face? Shaw is saying, I want, you know, I want to meet my maker and I want to ask them questions like, <laughs> you know, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? You know, she's trying to have a British accent, but obviously, you know, she's she's not really mm-hmm. British. And, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> her, her stuff comes through, too, which she gives a shit. But anyway. Um, Flaw. She's saying, yeah, blah, this movie sucks. Um, she's saying, you know, we want to meet our maker and ask these questions. And and in the themes to the movie, they were saying, well, you know, uh, David has actually met his maker. But, and that goes back to Blade Runner with the Roy Batty character. Strange to find, uh, you know, to finally meet your maker or whatever. And he kills his, it's like the Oedipus thing. He yeah, kills his yeah. father. Um, but um, David even though he's an artificial intelligence and an android if he is self-aware then he becomes a part of all this so even though Wayland in his mind or in other people's mind that are trying to talk about this movie is his father so thus his maker that's just whoever made human beings is just as much his god or his maker as mm-hmm. Wayland. It doesn't just end with Wayland. Okay, well, who made Wayland? And David, but David is only programmed. He is programmed for this mission to do this: take care of the crew, make sure they show up on like how they mm-hmm. show up, that they make their thing or whatever. But then. Wayland is also telling him I want more. I want more results. I want more results. So he's almost like a fucking fanatical even I mean he's a he's a robot. He's he's like the 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 Nazi SS. Follow orders without question. Well, he, uh, here's my here here's the weird thing about that little bit because Wayland's concern with this and his primary concern especially toward the end is you know, meeting them and finding, you know, how to live forever. Right. Something like that. He is just like Roy Batty and Blade Runner. I want more life, fucker. Yeah. And and so that's his driving impulse. If that's the case, you know, why would he want David to do something as drastic as just throw some goop in Holloway's drink? Like, what's his motivation for that? Because it doesn't seem like he gives a shit about the, you know... What well, does the scoop do? What do the aliens do? What's this? What's that? It seems more like a personal motivation than a scientific. Well, it is, a, but it is a science. I think it is a scientific thing. Okay, first of all, I think Waylon is like a megalomaniac. Yeah, uh, and 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 he he wants to live forever. He doesn't. He doesn't want earth to be better he doesn't want little kids not to get cancer and shit like that or to evolve like that he just wants to be the king and and rule forever but i think that when he did that because he doesn't really give a shit about anybody else but himself i think that what he had david do was very scientific 
I think that he was saying, okay, before I take this goddamn goop, mm-hmm. uh, I need a lab rat. Okay. And the lab rat is Holloway. Okay. Uh, we're going. I want to see what this does. I want to see. It wasn't like he was trying to create another child or or his heir or something like that. He didn't give a fuck about any of that shit. He they they use and that's a, that's a, that's it's such a weird thing because when people look at these animals that we put dye in their fucking eyes and <laughs> shampoo and inject yeah, yeah. cancer and all this shit. To Waylon, who sees himself as almost godlike because he's so rich and so powerful, he's one uh, one of the one percent, mm-hmm. or even le- you know, um, he's seeing these people. He's just using all these people. They're nothing to him. And what the fuck was that? Did you fart in a base thing? <laughs> nah, man, this motorcycle's outside. Oh, um, but Holloway becomes that. <laughs> That, I mean, Pedo would go nuts over this because Holloway becomes the lab rat. Right. Uh, and then just by coincidence, you know, because humans want to fuck, they, I don't think they ever planned on him fucking uh, Shaw and having this goddamn baby or something like that. I think that just shit yeah, that just happened. I think he was just going to study him and watch him and see what came out, how yeah. he evolved and what happened. Well, that felt like just a a science without boundaries thing, a science without ethics moment where it's just like, you know, well, I don't just think see that, what I happens. Don't, I don't think Wayland has any ethics. Exactly. But I it, mean, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. It was just, you know, when you're watching it, you don't tie his desire to live forever to him, you know, having the, you know, just have somebody take some black goop because uh, like, you just don't make that kind of connection, especially since, you don't even know that that's David who who's David who David is talking to at the beginning, you know, or 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 during that part he's just being yeah told I mean but yeah but I mean while you're while you while it's happening you're thinking okay, uh, um, Holloway is a jerk to David and David's fucking doing this for revenge, or or just a, it's like somebody pissing in somebody's coffee or something <laughs> and handing it to him that's what you're thinking but later on when you find out what's going on. And you backtrack and say, okay, now that's why he fucking did it. I came to that conclusion, Jake. Come on. Well, ho- no, I'm talking I'm dragging about... dragging you along here. No, no, I'm talking about the uh, <laughs> the connection between his desire to live forever and that being tied into the moment with David and Holloway. Yeah, you don't know it at the time, but you know it later. Not really, though, because it, it comes across more as just like, well, let's just see what, what shit happens. You know, that's like what, that's. I think that's what he was doing to see what shit happens. Yeah, but how does he's, that tie he's into not gonna, him wanting to he, live forever, though? Huh? How does that tie into him wanting to live forever? You know he, what I mean? He sees these these things, these uh, engineers, as okay. You know, I, I his his quest is to live forever, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that explained eventually? You know, yeah. he wants to. Okay, so. He's looking. He's looking at a. He's Wayland isn't looking at it as this mythological meteor god thing. I think he's looking at it as a scientific thing and how to exploit it. It's capitalism uh, <laughs> meets science, which is an ego. He's just he wants to find out the secrets. He doesn't see it as there as you know them being God or anything. He just wants the secrets so he can he can exploit them. 
mm-hmm. and he's first going to exploit him for his own benefit because that's all he cares about. Then a- after he finds out how it works and he can s- stay alive and keep his empire going, then maybe uh, use it uh, as some kind of a thing that he can sell or exploit to make himself more wealthy and more powerful or whatever. That's what I got out of it, totally. Yeah. Uh, I, but I like just, I said, I at, at, at the beginning, you don't... But, but Again, he's not stupid. I mean, he's not going to say, "Oh, look at this shit. I think I'll take it." You know, it'd be like mm-hmm. somebody just uh, a, an Alzheimer's patient saying, "Just give me this stuff. I don't know what it does, but just give it to me." They're gonna they're gonna test it uh, on something, and but and he can't take it back to. He doesn't have enough time left to take it back to Earth and go through all the food food and drug administration and all that shit. So he, and but you know, if they were going to do that. I would think that they would have prepared. Now I, I'm breaking this down. I would think they would have prepared and brought maybe some fucking rhesus monkeys or uh, some rats. You would think. You think that they would bring a lot more than just like it felt like a real skeleton crew of people. Yeah, like, it didn't seem like if that this was seemed like a big ship too. Yeah, but it was like filled. Yeah, it was a huge ship. But like in terms of the science people, there was like maybe like six, seven of them. And I mean, if this was Waylon's last shot, um, you would imagine he would bring a lot more. But I guess they wanted to, I think, really just wanted to keep it simple and yeah. you know, kind well, of he, call back to the original and stuff like that. I think, and those people, well, yeah, yeah, that's true. If it would have been like the Starship Enterprise and they would have had you know Alice Eve walking around in her bra and panties, <laughs> you know, and Idris Elba would have been fucking her. <laughs> but anyway speaking of the the star trek thing i think the movie did a good job of you know keeping in line with the aesthetics of the original movies like it was i mean it didn't have to be truckers in space because they weren't truckers in space this right. was a Wayland vehicle but i mean you could see like especially the little mess hall when they got out of stasis that really reminded me of the original oh yeah, yeah. the only thing that and i like the the yellows that they used a lot you know whether it be david's visor or the yellow of the stasis containers the only thing i wasn't a big fan of was like the deck which had a lot of hologrammy shit but that's just what about the lens flares were there too many lens flares <laughs> god. god i like the lens flares in star trek i didn't mind Honestly, them at all i think I it looks cool i don't but i don't mind them at all i just think they're fucking funny because it seems like he's not even remotely self-conscious about it well, until so he's just like fucking... throwing that shit like all over the place until someone from our fucking, uh, you know, until, until people from our community fucking pointed it out, I, <laughs> I, I didn't even fucking even pay attention to that shit, yeah. you know? And then everybody's like, oh, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, that's <laughs> something, you know, it's like, oh, it's a big thing, you know? But anyway. It um, doesn't matter, really. They, they, um, I still can't figure out why Vickers, when she came out of her suspended animation, was covered in primordial ooze uh, and nobody else was uh probably just an oversight i'd imagine yeah i, I mean it I looked like she came out of out something of ooze. huh i think i can't well no, no they were th- just, the rest of them were just laying you know just kind of sleeping i'm know? trying to remember the other movies but and i think everyone was up yeah maybe it, maybe that's just vicar's thing maybe that's maybe what she, her and was, uh maybe she was a squirter Ooh. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing some push-ups yeah yeah doing some fucking push-ups now if you were in there for two fucking years and you hadn't moved yeah. are you going to be able to you know do that so well, anyway, she was never. probably a robot but, but but then again and she might have been she might have been a, a bitchy robot yeah 
But that's just another thing there where, you know, with the technology in the future, you know, you could say, well, you know, okay, maybe they had something that kept them moving and kept their muscles from atrophying and stuff like that. Yeah. So anyway, because they didn't have bed sores or any shit like that. Um, oh, that movie sucks. They didn't have bed sores. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how could he read her fucking dreams? Um, <laughs> you know, what is this? This science this doesn't make sense. Um they go to the fucking planet, and um, now there were some things that I thought were kind of goofy. That that uh, it didn't really bother me because it is a it is a a science fiction horror movie, mm-hmm. more science fiction, but it still had the horror element, uh, a good part of it. It wasn't as as much of a horror movie as it, the first one. It had its moments. The little like surgery scene was definitely horror yeah. inspired. There was the bit at the end, but it was definitely, you know, sci-fi B movie kind of right. stuff. Yeah, and and someone said that they thought it was it was kind of an homage to the sci-fi B movie, like Planet of the Vampires or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, now, when Fifefield uh, has his hounds mm-hmm. and his he throws, he he they go up in there. That was I thought it looked cool. Yeah. I like how they mapped out everything. But how did he get lost? That's the and that's the thing. And about, the guys on the ship were looking at that hologram, saying, "You're here, exactly. Okay, we can see you here. This and that." So there's no way that they really could have gotten turned around and got lost. And that's the weird thing about the especially that little bit with him and the biologist is that you know the movie obviously this isn't a big thing this isn't a deal breaker but you didn't have to have the two the guy getting lost didn't have to be the geologist who had the the maps and knew how to work all that shit and you didn't have to have the biologist be so reckless with an obviously hostile organism you didn't have to have like it could easily be the other way. Maybe the biologist was the one that got lost, and the geologist was fucking around with a little cobra worm. Right. But to to explain both, um, now I don't know if they said this or not. So I'm just I'm 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 not grasping at straws because they may have actually said this. I just don't remember. Mm-hmm. Possibly they lost contact with the ship uh, with their communications. They lost contact with their ship, and then by the time that they got communication back. The storm had already happened, so they were stuck. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, they have the same tools at their disposal as, you know, David and Sean them. So, I mean, why were David and Sean them able to get out, like, fucking lightning fast and get out of there? Like, the only thing is that maybe that, you know, Fivefield and Milburn zigged when they should have zagged in that specific pocket. They couldn't communicate or they couldn't find a way out or something. Fastbender being an android, I mean, he may have actually those those mapping things. I mean, mm-hmm. they may have been uh, uh, broadcasting into his fucking brain. I yeah. mean, he might have actually be able to see the fucking map in his head, and then Shaw was just following David. You know, let's get out of here. But then again, they weren't because I remember them yelling back, "Come on, David, let's go!" Because he was still getting right. the goop, and they were going first. Okay, the thing with the with the little cobra-like alien thing, mm-hmm. I explained that very easily because I have seen. <laughs> well, it's so not many- a good explanation. No, it is an excellent explanation. <laughs> I have seen so many people. Steve fucking Irwin, the goddamn crocodile hunter. Is he a biologist? People like that that are... I don't know what the fuck he He's is. He's not. But, but there's so many people 
that I have seen with dangerous fucking animals, whether it's snakes or whatever on this planet, that for some reason, because they love animals, want to put this like people with fucking bears and shit they're like oh look at that little bit you know and they want to pet him and and or 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 they have a documentary the elephant in the living room where people take these dangerous animals and they try and make pets out of them they 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 try and put their own uh, human bullshit mm-hmm. on these fucking wild animals and they're like oh look at look at the, i know people that are like they want to go swim with fucking sharks and shit they want to fucking be able to reach out and touch them, or they'll see a baby this or a, or yeah. a fucking uh, uh, somebody like a, you know like a, what's his name in our group that that, that loves snakes you know and yeah, yeah. And, and, and but he's so a I think biologist. This, I know he's, he's a biologist, know but he, but he's a human and he's an idiot. Yeah, the, but by being a but, but I mean he he's still that kind of. But there's no reason to he's even not, he's, invite the criticism. Like you, he's could've... not a machine, and he is. Uh, and they have already brought uh, played this guy out to be kind of a nerdy geek. Mm-hmm. So I understand what everybody's saying. I understand yeah. when you're saying, okay, you're in an alien environment. If I was in an alien environment, when they sent people to the fucking moon for the first time. Or just into outer space to orbit the Earth the first time, uh, and they brought them back. They put them in like a fucking sterile environment to for a certain amount of time. These astronauts came back, and they would put them in this in these uh, where they're totally isolated, mm-hmm. because like the Andromeda strain, you don't know if they're going to bring back uh, f- some virus or disease that we've never known existed or uh, uh, an actual um, alien uh, microscopic alien something or other and I know that, that, that that's but it wouldn't have made as good of a fucking movie. No. I mean it wouldn't thing. when you throw in that human factor and the stupid things that happen and stuff like that it I don't know I just think if everybody would have been uh by the book, scientists who follow everything that you should have done by the book, mm-hmm. there wouldn't have been the fucking movie. But here's the thing, like, um, and, and, and like, it didn't have to be the biologist that did that. You know what I mean? It didn't have to be the geologist that got lost, but it, it happened that way. Like, everything that goes forward with the, the, the worm that attacks, like, the the worm doesn't have to attack after someone tries to cuckoo and doll doll right. it, but and and here's the thing: these are obviously very small quibbles. Even I recognize that. Right. But the problem the 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 problem with these moments is at this moment in the film, because up until then, you know, I'm really on board with the film and I'm really enjoying it. But mm-hmm. there's like a 15 minute span where really goofy, weird shit happens. Well, and I'll tell you another reason why really goofy, stupid shit happens. Was a Remember, this is not Arthur C. Clarke doing a science fiction slash science fact movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. This has one big difference, and that is this is a science fiction slash horror movie. And what do they do in horror movies? They make the fucking people stupid, and they make you dislike a lot of them so that you kind mm-hmm. of almost want to see them get killed. 
they make people make really stupid decisions so you're sitting there going god damn you dumb fuck don't do that and then jason splits their head open don't open that fucking door god you're in a haunted house or you're in a thing where you know this guy jason is fucking out there killing people and yet you still there's a door there and you still reach over and you start to open it and you're like there you know why don't you just stay put why don't you put yourself in a corner with a weapon or get out in the open and take off or whatever that's why i think a lot of the stupid shit happens is because they were following a lot of horror uh shit and and honestly the first movie has a lot of characters doing stupid shit the first movie has a lot of that and a lot of people doing dumb stuff but with that movie everyone is unified against a common threat a common thing whereas this movie there isn't so much a unified threat until the very end when the engineer starts going crazy i mean the movie has far more in common with you know, an Arthur C. Clarke or just a B movie science fiction thing than it ever does with a horror film. Like it doesn't up, up play until up. The end. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, no, play up, up until enough they, of that. Up until they get in the uh, now, nah, when they get in the ship and uh, what's his face turns into a big butthead fucking monster <laughs> and that shit. Mm-hmm. That's when it. That's when it jumps. Uh, you know, you're jumping into the. Uh, I just I just think it's almost like it, when you're taking uh, a movie like Planet of the Vampires mm-hmm. and you're mixing it with the Arthur C. Clarke and then you're mixing it with, um, I don't know, if, well, I mean, you know, I keep saying Friday the 13th or something like that. There's a certain element of that, um, uh, of just the unlikable uh, group mm-hmm. of jerks. And then this this thing that's going to get them. I mean, if they would, I, I think that maybe that's what doesn't work for some people is that that mashup or that mismatch, mishmash. Mishmash. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's I think that's exactly it's the little disconnect that some people who watch this movie just can't get over because they they're on board in some ways with the more heady elements, but then they get hit with. You know, a 15-minute sequence where people are taking off their helmets and people are doing goofy shit and saying dumb stuff. People that are too smart, um, wanting it to be smarter, but for entertainment value, they make it a certain way to make it more accessible to, to, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, people like me. <laughs> right. Who are and, uh, and I said should say straight up, I don't dislike this movie. I I really like this movie, but I also, you know, think that it's a dumb movie in many ways, or at least like a kind of a silly movie. And that's yeah, really but, where I'm but, coming. See, that's from. what I take it for. I, that, yeah. That's what I, to me. Um, I just it's just pure entertainment. And when when uh, people don't do people don't follow strict rigid decision making or scientific methodology uh it doesn't bother me that much it yeah, yeah I, it doesn't bother I, me I, at and, all. and it's fun to sit here it's fun because i think everybody that sits there and debates about it it's it's like um sports writers who sit around and debate whether ty cobb would have been as good as he was if 
the African Americans would have been able to play at that time, or if, if Babe Ruth was this or that, and you just argue shit. <laughs> and and I think that that's almost part of the entertainment that mm-hmm. that makes this movie even more entertaining <laughs> is because like with 2001 you don't hear people sitting around fucking just arguing and arguing and arguing this movie has its own charm in the fact that the geek slash nerd slash uh, movie cinema files and everything mm-hmm. horror fans have something to fucking just talk about like us we've listened to other podcasts where they talk about this shit and I love hearing people debate this because it's such it's such a passionate debate and people can just come up with shit and dig even deeper and want more and add more of their own stuff and everything just to explain stuff or to say it's stupid or say no it's not and that's that is one of the reasons that I think this movie is even more entertaining than it was <laughs> when I watched it mm-hmm. um, I am surprised and I just wanted to say this mm-hmm. And I don't know if there was, but I did. Uh, obviously, there wasn't a lot of it because I don't recall it that much. That um, more wasn't made from a certain political groups or political point of view about what I would call the abortion scene. Yeah. Because that's to me, I'm surprised somebody didn't grab a hold of that and latch onto it and use it. Like say, um, like uh, as as a thing where like uh, uh, if a woman is raped, you know this mm-hmm. shows that abortion. I mean, I'm not saying I, I, I'm grasping at straws, <laughs> but those 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 groups, whether it's right or left, mm-hmm. uh, will will grab onto anything like that and say, "See, this is just a movie that's trying to." And even the religious part of this movie, I thought that some people really hated it. Because Shaw, um, f- from the left, from mm-hmm. the atheist crew, uh, her religious bullshit in the way of her uh, uh, scientific stuff. But then I've also heard people say that the movie is very pro-religion. Mm-hmm. That her faith is what's driving her, and and she's hanging on to her faith and it's what keeps her going and you know blah 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 but then i've heard other people explain that this is totally this movie totally goes against faith well i think i think the movie and obviously you know the audience can be the ultimate determination of what a movie is but i think the intention was that religion is a very good or is a good thing in this film mainly because and i don't agree with how the ending played out but there's the bit at the ending where you know she says you know well i want to know this and i want to know that and i have to know this and then david's answer is well it's irrelevant it doesn't matter and her response is well that's i guess that's why you're an android and i'm a human and the implication behind that being (laughs) you know uh, this level of faith requires a you know a human mind you know or at least it may not even be just the fact that religion is great but it's that kind of faith or that inclination is just innately human and it's an exploration right. of that so it might end up just being neutral more than anything else but i don't think well, it's anti at all i don't says, really see that in there 
Prometheus is pro-science and explores whether scientific knowledge and faith in God can coexist. So, uh, I don't even see that really because it's not really like I, her, her faith really isn't challenged too much other than just blind faith in that, you know, I choose to believe this is what the aliens are, but by the end of the film it's renewed anyways because because that's what the movie wants. <laughs> well, I think it's to, it's because I don't know why she gets her faith back cuz she has that big crisis bit after she, you know, has the alien expunged from her stomach and she's crying yeah. and looking in the mirror and That was pretty impressive looking. Yeah. You know, it was. when they cut oh, ah. Yeah, that was like, And then the people were like uh, movie. I know one thing was, you know, she just had, you know, was just split open, had surgery and blah 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 and then later on she's out there running and <laughs> da 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 okay she also injected th- herself like seven times with the yeah serpent. my thing was you're also she's dealing doped out of her mind well you're also dealing with you know science of the future you know maybe yeah. uh, it doesn't take forever and not only that but a whole fucking shitload of adrenaline <laughs> well back to Denise Richardson there's that bit at the end of Starship Troopers where she's walking away happy and she's got a gigantic hole in her shoulder yeah, you know, <laughs> kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> but um, I think f- uh, overall, mm-hmm. uh, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I bought it on Blu-ray because I thought it would, you know, and it does. It really does. It look looks good. amazing. Uh, and like I said, I love. I like the debate over the movie. I, I, you know, personally, I am looking forward to watching. Uh, new mirror pace walk around with <laughs> Michael Fassbender's head and going and 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 just seeking out more stuff more adventures and stuff because I, when she put his head in the bag and everything I'm like oh this is awesome I wish I had Michael Fassbender's head in a bag and like I could go like if I went to Horror Hound had to drive like five or six hours and you could just talk to Michael Fassbender's head mm-hmm. but she should have you know what they should have done though is they should have showed her and she takes the, the, the bag and and puts his head in there and zips it up and everything and then she she like lowers it down to the thing or whatever and then she she takes a moment and pauses and then goes back and she comes back and they show her and she's holding his giant cock <laughs> she goes back and gets his dick <laughs> well they did lower his body on the thing so she's she's saving that for later for sure yeah, yeah. they got she got she got yeah cuz he's you know you can't just have his head go around you know you have to have the whole fast bender but anyway so i mean i don't know if we explored anything more or added anything to the already the debate that has went on and on other than we thought that there should have been an interracial sex scene with Mm -hmm. Charlize Theron and Idris Elba Mm -hmm. and to be honest with you if they would have thrown you know Numi Rapace is not like uh, I mean the thing about her though is I was just going to make a comment of uh, not a sexist comment but um (laughs) I've heard uh, people say, you know, she doesn't do anything for me or this and that. And but to me, I don't think that everybody has to be Kate Beckinsdale and everybody has to be Charlize Theron or whatever. Um, uh, She, I mean, it's it's. uh, I would think that a scientist would look more like her. Yeah, and I, for sure. I wish you know Hollywood. You know, hey Hollywood. You know, I like to look at some hot fucking piece of ass too. But you know, <laughs> there's room for other people. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we 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 
we communicate, we exist, so to speak, on the internet, and that's always a topic of conversation, yay or nays and all that. It's just part and parcel with the territory. Unfortunately, that's the only thing some people want to talk about most of the time. Because Numi, okay. she's fine. Yeah, yeah she's I if, mean, she, as if, an she actress, was, if she was like somebody that like you worked with or was in your next door neighbor or something like that, fuck yeah, hell yeah. I'd be like, she's cute. Yeah, you we, know, but compared to these goddamn <laughs> goddamn goddesses. Okay, now something that I just wanted to say, yeah, because uh, as I was talking and and I kind of forgot about it, or didn't forget about it, but I just didn't have the thing up or whatever. Um, is the whole thing about like the the Greek mythology of the Titans and all this and that. Um it says here Scott suggested that an engineer was sent to earth to stop humanity's increasing aggression but was crucified oh, implying right. it was Jesus Christ mm-hmm. however uh, Scott felt that an explicit connection in the film would have been a little too on the nose so Jesus was an engineer right. earth was becoming too wild and crazy and so that's kind of fucked up yeah but I mean so when you're worshipping Jesus you're worshipping a big white bodybuilder and and that just throws everything into and why did they have to be white why did they have to be white because it looks interesting well but is that a um, was that a a a subtle uh, what's the thing? Yes. No. What? Yes. I don't even Was care. it an unconscious white supremacist thing? Um, well, we're talking about really Scott. The gods want to limit their creations in case they attempt to usurp the gods. So that's the Titans. They wanted to limit them or humans. And so uh, the film deals with humanity's relationship with gods, their creators, and the consequences in defining them. <laughs> Shaw is directly responsible for the events of the plot because she wants her religious beliefs affirmed, and she believes she is entitled to answers from God. Uh, and, and her questions remain unanswered, and she is punished for her hubris, which is what God, the gods did to the Titans. See the immortals and other shit. Now, I wonder if, because they said they threw in Christian mythology, Greek mythology, and Aztec mythology. Hmm. Now, was the Aztec mythology? Uh, like, I think it's because of the structure. It was almost like structure almost and pyramid-ish. What about the, uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. And what about, uh, were the, what about the, 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 the monster things? Was that Aztec-y, maybe? Eh, no? I don't know. Eh, who gives a shit? I don't know, I don't know. Right now, we're fucking just grasping at straws. Um, Scott <laughs> likened the engineers to the dark angels of John Milton's Paradise Lost hmm. and said that humanity was their offspring and not the gods. And not gods. So, anyway, so the cum and the, the pussy <laughs> of the engineers made us i i'm just confused can i just believe in jesus well you can just look at this movie as a fun uh science fiction film from this past summer yeah because that's what it works best as because if it tries to be anything else matthew mcconaughey ought to be in the next one and he should actually play god he should be on the tip of michael fassbender's penis Oh, that's going a little too far now. Wow. We maybe better wrap this up. That's kind of gross. Oh. Well, not to, not to some people. 
You know what? Those are two good-looking guys. They're very good-looking guys. Well-built. Doma. I would like to see a movie where Michael Fassbender and Matthew McConaughey hmm, are in space. They're on a ship by themselves. Mm-hmm. Nobody else around. No <laughs> women. Mm-hmm. For years and years and years. It would be kind of like Kiss of the Spider Woman, but in space. Interesting. And it's not a prison. And it would explore. You no 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 no. <laughs> okay, the the, the Peter <laughs> Wayland character would be. Let's see, who's really homophobic? Like Rush Limbaugh or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he would just vomit. He would vomit like all of those. It would be an experiment that he's running to see if you put... It, no, 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 okay, okay. You take a guy. Oh, man. Uh-huh. And he wants to prove that homosexuality is a choice. And he puts Fassbender <laughs> and McConaughey on a ship with nothing but like, a, like Speedos to wear... Mm-hmm. Full of gay porn, <laughs> like uh, butt plugs, dildos, things like that, and everything, and no TV, no radio, no TV, mm-hmm. and that's it. And he wants to see, and he gives them, he gives them some kind of shit so that they live forever, and the ship just goes on forever. But it's just those two, mm-hmm. and he wants to see if two heterosexual guys will end up having sex with each other. Thus becoming gay, thus proving that it's a choice. And then when they find that out, like 10,000 years later, they get rid of Roe versus Wade, Hmm. which has nothing to do with gay marriage. It has to do with abortion. Well, you know what I think? I, I think that I will never get these three hours back. Is it three? Hell, it's almost seven o'clock, dude. We started, yeah, uh, we're at two hours and fifty minutes, and I think we got done it. with mud at an hour and forty minutes. <laughs> so. Go see mud. Woo. You know what? We didn't get mud around here, and and that they sucks. said even even after it got um, even after it got such accolades at can and uh, shit like that that uh, they nobody picked it up uh, distributors and oh. they finally did but uh, I, 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 well it's getting enough like I think I went to Wikipedia that's where I was looking up a refresher on the plot it said it made 20 million and it cost oh. only 10 so I mean enough people saw it I suppose yeah. and and I'm, I'm I think that sucks I th- that you couldn't where you uh. were. well I think that um Especially around here, it was kind of a redneck movie. Yeah. And it was something that, you know, I, I don't know if I would t- take small children to see it, but it didn't have a ton of swearing or sex or anything like that. No, it? no. I mean, for like a young teenage kid, I mean, I mean, Tom nothing... Sawyer had the N word in it. Yeah. Yeah, this one was perfectly fine, aside from the um, inference that um, uh, Michael Shannon was fucking that girl in the ass. Other than that, it's pretty oh, chaste. That, maybe that's what you took away from it. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe Holloway oh, man. fucked Shaw in the ass, and that's why they got that turd baby. So it had nothing to do with the goop. It was just sodomy that why caused w- it. Why would 
Um, why would Holloway and Shaw's evolved child mm -hmm. be a giant octopus? That is far beyond me. That that's kind of in line with a lot of the weird shit. The movie kind of went buck wild with okay. I think what it going was going crazy was with the life cycle and shit like that. I don't know why it was the size of a fucking house. Either either Shaw had crabs, <laughs> or Holloway had. No, you know what that was? That was the size of his giant ego. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, dude. I liked the fucking Godzilla-like battle between oh, yeah. the giant octopus and the engineer. Yeah, it was fun. That it was, was kind. Of, that was like a. I mean, like because he's a just fucking, pulling it closer to. Him. Yeah, it was like it yeah. was like a Godzilla-like fucking brawl. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, th there's a lot of things that I really he didn't really fare liked, too well. I, mean, I thought he would fare better. Like well, I thought he would bulk up. I think they're just trying to wrap things up. Yeah, he tried. Yeah, but like we should be right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I'll, I'll say this in closing about Permethrath. Um, it's it's a really enjoyable film. It's just kind of silly in a lot of ways, and it's a lot more enjoyable on its own. You know, there's a lot of a lot of the issues James Bad James had with it was because of his attachment with the Alien films, and while because it's part of the same universe, um, you you can't avoid those comparisons, you can't avoid those complaints. Sometimes you really have to just judge it on its own terms. And while the movie isn't perfect, it is pretty entertaining, and I think. The main reason it had those issues was because they had two different writers that had two different approaches yeah. and they just kind of mushed them together because a lot of the goofy shit, a lot of the pointless stuff that doesn't really matter was handled in the original draft, but somehow got lost in the rewrite. And so there are all these like little, not really plot holes, but inconsistencies or unexplained stuff. But I mean, the reason why you like the movie ultimately is because of you know, the atmosphere and the designs and the overall mood. And on that front, it works perfectly fine. And that's why I think I, I ended up buying it on Blu-ray and why I don't regret that purchase at all. Um, and really the whole genesis of our argument, and we kind of fed into that ourselves playing it up, but it was really just me being like, yeah, it's fine. It's just these are flaws. And right. it came down to us whether debating whether those were legit flaws or not whereas at the end of the day our feelings on the film are pretty identical for the most part well let me ask you a question yeah rate this fucker rate this fucker uh i give it a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten yeah i i still really like it it's really fucking good looking man it's really good yeah looking. yeah 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 like yeah. the whole opening credit sequence it looked like it was on a different planet i think that's why people were confused as to whether the beginning was on earth or not right. was because the way it filmed it made it seem very alien and strange but yes yeah, seven out of ten alien and strange to the engineer
Not really. Had... He'd probably been there before. Yeah, yeah. probably. Um, he needed a tan. He was hanging out in that ship too much. Whitey. <laughs> See, white people fuck up everything. Um, I would give this a... 7.5. I enjoyed it. I don't think it's the greatest goddamn movie ever made. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I've watched it uh, probably four or five times now. Mm-hmm. So that must say something because if it if it if it was boring or mm-hmm. if it didn't entertain me, I sure as shit wouldn't have bought it and I wouldn't have watched it as many times as I have. Exactly. Well, there you go. Um, this is going to be the end of the show because uh, we're not going to do any feed sack or anything like that. You know, I'm just going to send these MP3s over to Loaf and he's going to splice together, make it presentable, probably chop off ninety minutes of conversation. <laughs> So All right. It's well, somewhat r- listenable. He better not chop. Seriously, that was. So I'm going to wrap this up since I am actually a real host of Silver and Gold, yeah, <laughs> a real host of a real podcast. <laughs> we had to bring in. Uh, you're, you're like when they used to bring in uh, David Brenner on the Tonight Show when Carson would want to uh, <laughs> take the night off or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to I'm going to wrap this up with this. I'm so glad we had this time together Just to have a laugh or sing a song Seems we just get started and before you know it Comes the time we have to say so long Good night everybody! 